Breakers. We're here once again. Once again. Do you this feel that? Like, Do you feel that? Yes. You feel that tension in the air? That political tension? Oh, yeah. It's always... It's, I mean, it's just getting more and more... Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you cut it with a knife. I know. Chainsaw. I know. It, it almost like... Like, I love doing this, but just... I know these next three weeks is just going to get worse oh and worse. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That it's almost going to get to the point where I don't even want to talk about it anymore. We should yeah. just do an entire episode of not talking about yes. this tension. We'll, we'll talk about uh, about movies, fo- um, sports, um, just, you know. The, the week before the election, we should, <laughs> should totally do that. Just not talk about anything political. Yeah. It. it I mean, we're here. We're, what, four weeks out? Yeah. To yeah. the election? I mean, it's yeah. just getting... So much more ridiculous and so much more, like, yeah, in your face. Yeah, uh, even if you're trying to avoid it all, it's just right there. And you people are probably trying to avoid And I don't say you people, like you people. <laughs> you people? What do you mean, you but people? you people are probably, tr- probably trying to avoid it. And they're like, fuck, they went there. They went, they, they went there. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't expect much else in a current events podcast. Yeah. So here we are talking about it. Yeah. Back with the Break the Bell podcast. If you forgot who we were, I mean, I, I imagine since you clicked on it, you knew who we were. But this is what twenty weeks now. We are five months yeah. into this. I know it's crazy. Five months, and yet still we are here. We are coming up with new shit to talk about because life. Uh. 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 Finds a way. Twenty twenty. Uh, our favorite uh, philosopher. Twenty twenty. Uh, uh, find finds a way. Yes. Yes. To make 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 things interesting for us. But okay, so twenty twenty had a win this year or this week, this weekend, like How so? yesterday. How so? Well, first of all, the Steelers are four and zero right uh, now. So that, that's that out the there. one good thing. No, the no, one no, good no, thing no, about no, twenty twenty. No. Steelers went four and zero for it, the first time in how long? Well, since nineteen seventy eight. Okay. Which is the year they won Super Bowl. They're they're so you think, Super Bowl. So you think so this might be oh, their year? I think this might be their year, yes. No, Let's actually see. I was referring to the fact that um this may be before your time, but uh there was a cartoon called Animaniacs that came out in the mid nineties. Not before my time. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure. <laughs> that, was, that was my time. <laughs> okay, well um it was also my time. <laughs> and apparently Hulu's uh they're they're doing brand new ones now. Really? Yeah. Hopefully Hulu. they don't ruin it. I, I hope not either, because it was pretty cutting edge comedy. Because they tried to kid. redo, uh, was it DuckTales? Yeah. And that wasn't great. No. From what I saw, that wasn't no, great. They even wasn't. tried redoing Magic School Bus on Netflix. Yeah. And that was really like glitchy. Yeah. It's like I know they had really bad animation for it. Yeah. Well, they got the original. They got Spielberg back really? doing. Yeah, which is he was the one that started Animaniacs and. And he's back doing it, and so I, right. I have high hopes. I yeah. have high hopes. Well, we'll have that to look forward to, I guess. When's that supposed to release? Um, I think it's next week. Awesome. Yeah. We'll have to have a watch party or oh something. Oh, my gosh. That would we'll be just sweet. do a whole episode just talking we about will. Animaniacs. We will. We'll just watch an Animaniacs live. I mean, it was during pleasure. my time, but I didn't watch it a ton, so I, I don't remember. Right. Like, I remember all the characters. Yeah. That was the Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. Dot. Yeah. Yeah. And they came out of the water tower and shit. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I do remember it definitely. Yeah. That was my prime cartoon. Very, very time. Uh, quotable. Like I, I quote it all the time. And my sisters, or not my sisters, my sisters, they love it. My, my kids, they're like, 
Dad, I, I, I still don't know what Hello Nurse means. I don't know the <laughs> reference. I don't understand your 90s reference, I, 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 I don't you know old what man. You mean. <laughs> Stop being old. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. 2020 did us a disfavor once again, though, because this week Eddie Van Halen died. Yeah, I saw I mean, yeah. just tragedy to the music world. Right. I mean, there's been several people this year that I'm like, can 2020 take away anybody worse? And then Eddie Van Halen died. Yeah. He was like a, a god of electric guitar, oh gosh, a rock yeah. god. I mean, yeah. so much so much has been like modeled after Eddie's style yeah. since, since his days. And so much has been influenced by Eddie. Even st- stuff beyond Van Halen, like he oh, yeah. did the, the solo on Beat It on Michael Jackson. I was going to say, we were Michael talking Jackson. about that earlier, yeah. Yeah, and I, I had completely forgot about that. I knew at one point, and I don't think you knew at all. I, I didn't know it at all, yeah, and I had that record. Yeah, well, apparently, I, I just read today. <laughs> yeah, record. That was before my time. Um, apparently, he wasn't credited on the record, on I the on the cover. That. So yeah. that's probably why very few people knew that. But no, that guitar solo on, on Beat It is Eddie Van Halen. And... So that's really sad. He died of throat cancer, which he attributed to uh, holding metal guitar picks in his sure. mouth his entire right. career. Not all the substances he put down his gullet for <laughs> how many decades, right. how much he smoked, how many much coke he I, snorted. Or I, I, Isn't that why Ozzy's the way he is? Is because he holds the guitar picks in his mouth? Well, Ozzy's the way he is. Ozzy actually is a mutant. He I can. Well, no, he seriously has some genetic condition where he can survive higher doses of drugs than a normal person can without like overdosing like his body metabolizes drugs faster yeah so he is a mutant like a drug mutant so um rumor has it that he that's why he has survived as long as he has doing all the drugs he's done so he has this that like symbiosis like the symbiote of drugs is like taking over his body and is basically controlling him pretty much the rest of his life pretty much it's like venom yeah um (laughs) so Good news, and more good news about 2020 is um, ACDC is releasing a new album with oh, that's cool. with Brian Johnson. That's that is cool. exciting to me. Think because, they'll tour? Um, I think they planned it okay. until COVID hit, so uh, it kind of put things on hold. Uh, but they, I think they had one planned. So we'll see. Maybe 2021. Maybe they'll yeah. have a album release tour. They released, um, which we were listening to before um, we started recording. They released a single called "Shot in the Dark." Earlier this week, okay, and it sounds like classic ACDC. Yeah. Brian Johnson doesn't sound like he's missed a note. Also, in, in music news, is um, this it, uh, this last week was the first week in like 25, 30 years that Queen has the leading album uh, in. Is it still England? Adam Lambert? I believe it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You wanna put that mic more in front of your face? You're kind of quiet. There you go. Um, that's I'm always quiet. That's interesting. Um, I I. I like Queen and Ab- Adam Lambert. I think yeah. I think he does a good job. It's just yeah. it's not the same. I don't consider it Queen. No, no. I consider yeah. it more of like a Queen right. cover band. Yeah, that happens to have that. Brian May and is it just Brian May left or is the drummer think, still? No, left I think too? I think it's just Brian May now. Yeah, I didn't know if the drummer was still in it or not. So, yeah, I mean they're still good, but are they good enough to have like a number one album? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. And still be called Queen, right? Yeah. Nah, nah. Probably well, it's, not. To be to be fair, it's it's England. So. Yeah, I mean that's true. <laughs> I mean a lot of good rock did come out of England. Oh but. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, <laughs> like legendary rock. So. so some good stuff, some bad stuff in the music world. Yeah. Um, I I 
hang out a lot in the the rock world, especially some of the classic rock stuff. So yeah. we haven't really had a chance to talk about it much on the show. But with no. the with the passing of um, a legend like Eddie Van Halen, I felt we kind of needed to to mention that and bring up some of this other stuff going on. There are some good stuff going on, but uh, yeah, I the. I, I don't think rock will ever be the same without somebody like yeah. Eddie, which he hasn't toured for years because of it. No, no. And I know it was a it was a couple months ago or a month or so ago. Um, what's his name? Uh, Roth, David Lee Roth, came out and said that he didn't think um, Eddie would ever be up for touring again oh, because okay. of health problems. And his son Wolfgang, Eddie's son, was like basically bashing on him was like you have no right to say that that's not your call that's not for you to say which is kind of true it is it's true, not really yeah. a point for him to make right but clearly yeah he wasn't at a point where he's ever going to tour again well, obviously D- david lee roth was just upset that nobody recognizes him yeah that's true <laughs> yep. what was that video he showed me was he, in he vegas? was at a hotel in vegas yeah. and he heard somebody blast in van halen and yeah to their credit they were young kids college right. kids yeah. that probably didn't even know who van halen was right um, he hears him blasting Van Halen. He goes and knocks on the door. He's got his camera crew with him. He's like, "Hey, I'm David Lee Roth. You're listening yeah. to Van Halen." Like, "Oh, hey, man, what's going?" Yeah, on? he's like, "And just to let you know, I don't care that you're playing the music too loud." And they're like, "Oh, well, we're sorry, sir." Yeah, they, <laughs> they like, had no, no clue who he you was. You don't understand. <laughs> this is me. <laughs> you're listening to me. Like, who? Who's that old guy? <laughs> Um, we have so much to talk about that's going on in the world. Unfortunately, we can't just ignore what's really going on. Yeah. Even though we want to. Right. So we got a good show coming up for you. There's a lot going on with this political stuff coming ahead. We got the elections coming up. We had debates, vice presidential debates earlier this week. The fly. The fly. Uh, I can't forget the fly. We had, um, today was, uh... The first confirmation hearing for the Supreme Court justice nominee. So we're going to get into all that stuff. Good stuff. And we're also going to get into some of this like uh, plot to take out Trump at whatever means necessary, I guess, is just kind of what seems like what's been going on for four years now, actually. But but, um, it's really coming to head now. And it makes me wonder if they're actually more worried about uh, Biden losing than they lead on because – um, all this push against Trump, it, like if if you think you have a shoe in, like to win this, why would you put in so exactly. much effort? Yeah. So that's what we're gonna dig into in the second hour. So you got that to look forward to. Otherwise, um, I think um, we're just gonna get right into it. If you're ready, I'm ready. I am too. So Let's rock. Here we go. What did you say? You talking to me? What what the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you saying? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby! Did you just say? What did you say? You're listening to me. You're talking to me. Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to?
Alright, let's just get right into this thing. We got so much stuff to cover about. Cover it, it, about? Cover cover about. To cover or talk about. That's cover about. A boot? We got what are we what are we covering about? <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to cover yes. and talk about. Yes. How about that? We do. We do. So, and, which we didn't think we did at the beginning of the show. Oh, I knew we had a lot. Just, I just didn't know what we were going to talk, like yes. what order or how we were going to organize thoughts, which sure. well, we just kind of threw up on a piece of paper and Basically. we'll make it work from there. Absolutely. So, number one on the docket is the vice presidential debates from, yes. what was it, two weeks, not two weeks ago, <laughs> no. two days ago, three yeah. days ago? Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. So, yeah. more than that. Okay. This week is kind of flying. Yeah, yeah. So, turn us up a little. Um. So, yeah. Two well, thoughts? Thoughts. It was Wednesday, right? It was Wednesday, yes. Yeah, yeah. because I was doing, I was. Yeah, because you were going to make it. Yeah. So, but but I did get you in, so. You did, yeah. That was good. I I thought I was going to be flying solo, but we yeah. ended up having nice like a round panel. table there. Uh, like yeah. four. It was me, you, uh, Remzo from. On the run with Remzo Martinez and my brother from the System is Down yeah. podcast. So we had a nice little laugh together. I don't think yeah. we really listened to too much of the debate. <laughs> I think we just talked over most yeah. of it. Because I mean, we caught we caught some of it. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My thoughts, um, and my thoughts was that Kamala Harris was being really condescending and yeah. her facial expressions were just that. And we we mentioned it oh, in yeah. the show how right. they remi- they were reminiscent of uh, Hillary Clinton's facial yep. expressions yep. when when, when she, she, she debated took the, Trump the Hillary Clinton class for debates yeah <laughs> she's just like <laughs> oh come on and oh, then on. when you could just see when she went from she thought she was in control oh, gosh, to yeah. being on the defense because her Worst plastic surgery face, face just melted yeah. horrible poker face yeah the rest of the, like the whole second half she didn't break a smile because she was like constantly on the defense. Yeah. And yeah. my favorite line was like, um, can you let me finish? Yeah. Or I, I'm speaking, I, I, Mr. Vice President. I'm, I'm speaking. speaking. Thank I'm you. Speaking. Yeah. So um, I did read a a few um, articles of how um, uh, Pence was being very, like, kind of sexist in right. a way. Mansplaining. Mansplaining yeah. and, like, talking over her. And it's just like. She talked over him too. What was right. that? Women's planning? Yeah. What? I mean, I don't see yeah. how it could be sexist. Uh, no, I know. People were just reaching. And yeah. Yeah. I, I got into this whole thing on the BBC. I mean, it, it lasts like three days back and oh, forth God. with all these different people. I saw a part of it. I'm just yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. And it was, it was ridiculous because then they like, all I said was I felt like she was, she was immature and yep. rude. And right. I thought that, that Pence won the debate and. Um, and my big thing was, well, and big people's big thing that they came back to me was, well, you want to talk immature. What about Donald Trump? But we're not like, talking I'm about not talking about Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. I agree with you. He was absolutely was immature. Yeah, yeah. The funny <laughs> but, thing was they kept saying, well, you're, you're president Donald Trump, blah, blah, blah. And you just like basically like disagree with Donald Trump and agree with them. So they yeah. had no idea how to argue <laughs> with you because you're like, you're right. You're right. He is an idiot. Yeah. And they're just like. Uh, well, you're uh, a liar. <laughs> and you're a liar, just like Trump. Just like, what yeah, did I, I say? That was a lie. I know. There's that one point. I was like, I'm sorry to hear that, Leslie. Why do you think I'm a liar? <laughs> yeah, she's like, this guy is he's too rational. I don't know how I to know. argue with him. Just, just call me something, anything. <laughs> yeah. Then I can throw that back in your yeah, face. Right? Exactly. Right? People just don't know how to have dialogue anymore. I know. And so, yeah, when when you actually, um, 
use um like actual reasoning with people. Oh yeah, just throws them completely. Yeah, off. they just don't know what to do. It's just like oh, that, oh yeah, uh, yeah. And when you try to when you you press to try to okay, well why don't you tell me why you think this? Yeah, you know, yeah, and, and then they're just like you're a racist. Yeah, right. That's yeah. just like their go-to answer. Yeah. Sexism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like vomit comes out of yeah. their mouth because they don't know what else to say. I, I was extremely impressed with Pence, though. I mean, his just the way he, he handled himself. Yeah, and his composure was great. Yeah. Which he doesn't break character, really. No, I did he, see no, him smirk doesn't. a couple times. Yeah, right. That's when you knew when his like, one eyebrow went out. I can't even do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he, he, was about to, he, was like, he was about to give it to her. So He gave like the Robert De Niro look. He's mm-hmm. like... That's a, that's a perfect that's a perfect explanation. I, mean, I, I I was trying to think about it, but yes, that was perfect. However, so the presidential debate, the clear cut winner of the presidential debate between Trump and Biden, we said was Joe Jorgensen. She <laughs> yeah, wasn't there. Right, right. The clear cut winner of the Pence and Harris debate was the fly on his head. Oh my gosh! Because yes. I guarantee you, more people. Talked oh my about gosh. The I saw so many memes about the fly afterwards. Within, oh, during even. Yeah. It was oh, just yeah. Like oh, within yeah. Minutes. It's just like yeah. memes just blowing up yeah. at my feed. <laughs> more talk than either one of them. Anything yeah. either one of them had to say, more people talked about the dang fly. I know. I, I, for a minute there, I thought the fly was on my TV screen. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> you saying, you're like, is that is that fly on my screen or is that? And I was like, there's a damn fly on his head. And apparently, and I think Remzo pointed this out. He's just like, Oh my God! Did his eye just go bloodshot? Yes, or maybe yeah. it was one of our comments. No, it was Remzo that pointed out. And yeah, yeah, I've seen other people comment on. Yeah. But I looked, and for a second there, it looked red. But then a second later, it was fine. I was just yeah. like, "What the fuck? Is he a lizard person? What the right. hell is yeah. going on?" That's what some that the the flies are attracted to lizard people. Oh, that makes because sense. Because somebody showed a meme of the fly landing on Hillary and a fly landing on Obama. Yeah, and then yeah. on Pence, and, and on Pence, so that so. completely explains it. Yeah, They're it lizard people. I thought he was just gonna. If there wasn't the the plexiglass there, I thought he was gonna like spurt blood yeah. at, out of his eyes at her. Oh yeah, that would have been insane. It, it'd be totally like, uh, have you ever seen that seen that movie? Um, is it They Live with uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper? Uh huh. Uh, where aliens have taken over, and you can only see him with special sunglasses, and oh. he has the one pair of sunglasses. And oh wow, it's a it's a classic. It's where that line comes from. You know, it's like I came here to. Uh, kick ass and chew bubble gum, oh, yeah. and I'm all out of bubble gum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So P- Pence addressed the fly on his head because even his kids brought it up. Did he address it? Well, he, he addressed say? it on Fox News. He said, "I didn't know it was there." No, I would have made a joke about <laughs> it. I would have too. I, I, I mean, I would have made up something that it's he was like, feeding uh, me uh, information. Yeah, was, <laughs> yeah, he was giving me all the answers. <laughs> no, his, his his was really boring. He just oh, said he course, didn't know it was Pence. there. And his dad or his kids aunt, um, said. Uh, Dad, you did okay. Um, it was. He said, "Dad, you did okay." But then they told me about the fly. It was a good laugh for all of us. I mean, he's right. Yeah, in true Pence form, right? It's like no, yeah, no humor, nothing. Yeah. It's just like, huh? They told me it was there and it was funny. You know, and, which is fine when you're vice president, yeah. right? But if yeah. you ever want to run for president, I mean, it happened to Al Gore. Yeah, you know, Al Gore seemed like a solid guy. You know, on paper, right. And then well, he when invented he invented the internet. Well, absolutely, right? And he's trying to save the world from global warming. <laughs> yes. But he has no personality. No. And so, I mean, his whole thing running, people were like, you know, he just doesn't seem like a real person. Right. I remember after the election, he showed up on SNL and, and was oh, making God. fun of himself. And he was actually kind of funny. And I'm yeah. like, where was this guy yeah, where were you? six like, months ago? Yeah, no you know, kidding. it's like. You got to have a personality to run oh, for yeah. president. So um, another thing I found 
um, humorous about the that I didn't know until we were just looking into it about the the debates is Trump's campaign apparently left a ticket for Tupac to attend <laughs> the vice presidential debate. That's Kamala's favorite living rapper. Yes, right. And apparently Tupac's relatives are not happy. They oh, said really? it was highly disrespectful. Oh my gosh. But yeah, this article just says that. Um, uh, President Donald Trump's campaign left the late rapper Tupac Shakur a ticket to Wednesday night's vice presidential debate as a dig to Senator Kamala Harris following a recent interview, according to the New York Post. <laughs> the interview with Angela Rye last month, Harris was asked who she thought was the best rapper alive. Tupac. Tupac. I can't even say it like her. Like Tupac. There you go. <laughs> the Democratic vice presidential nominee responded, chuckling, probably like that. After she realized the error. So we don't need to get into this entire yeah. article. But yeah, uh, apparently his relatives aren't happy. I think it's hilarious. I think it is too. And I mean, if I was them, I would even be like, um, she does know he's not alive, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They should take offense that she said that, let alone yeah. um, to all that. So, huh. yeah. Otherwise, I mean, did you get anything great out of the debates? Just that, you know, um, she keeps... They kept dodging the question about packing the court. Yeah. Yep. She you he know. asked her like point blank. Like yeah. he's like, No, I no, I don't want you to go on. I yeah. want to know the answer to this question. Yeah. I'm going to answer that question. Yeah. yeah. By first stating the Trump pen it's like yeah, you're right. you're clearly sidestepping as oh, soon yeah. as you mentioned the other candidates. Yeah. Oh, name. and then when he um went after her record as attorney general mm -hmm. about how he threw That's she when put her away. face like melted. Oh yeah, she got she got pissed, you yeah. can tell. And then she's like Wait, 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 wait. I, I want to clear up my record. He attacked my record. I want to clear up my record. But then she and then she goes somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, she didn't say anything yeah. about her record. Yeah, so. yeah. And, um, I want to clear up my record. Yeah. The Trump-Pence campaign. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Trump is bad. That and, and I could tell when she was stalling, like when he was out talking about, oh, her lack of experience with mm -hmm. foreign policy. And she'd be like, well, Joe, Joe and I were talking and, you know, I just I love Joe. I I just do because Joe said foreign policy is a lot like a relationship. It's like talking till you find something right, to say. Right, exactly. Of, just kind of going around. It's yeah. like you know, it's that whole saying: um, talk when you have something to say, right. or what is it? Talk until people, you have something to say. Yeah, <laughs> some people say talk when they have something to say. Some people talk until they have right. something to say. And she was oh, clearly she totally talking was. until she. Yeah, There's a lot of times she'd be like, "Oh, you know." I just I love Joe because Joe does um, this and well um, you know and it's just like funny thing is she said more about Joe and his policies and we said this before than oh, Joe yeah. can even say about his own policies. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. they're they're holding up Joe. Yeah, but yeah. that was true for Pence too. Pence mm -hmm. I think cleared up a lot more about Trump than Trump yeah. ever did because Trump just you're a liar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and no, my administration is the greatest administration of all time. Right. You know, so I would love to see, and we've mentioned this so many times. I'd love to see like '80s Trump just <laughs> yes. having dialogue. Oh, I know. You watch old YouTube videos. We talked about this mm -hmm. on, on Larry King, and and I mean, the guy's brilliant. He's sitting there. I mean, just like very, very, very articulate. You the, know, just the crazy thing is, he's saying the exact same. He thing, is, but he sounds so much yes. more intelligent about yeah. it. And when I'm listening to, it, I'm like, yes, yeah. yes, I agree with you. And now it's just like. Dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, right, I know. Well, you sent me that video is uh, the Charlie Sheen mm. uh, coming back at the people that were roasting him. And mm. in that stream, there was a roast of Donald Trump. Yeah, I've seen that. And right. I was watching that, too. And I'm like, you know, all these people that, you know, are his friends, you know, in this that are roasting him, 
you know, and it's like, I wonder where they are now, you know, right. because well, Larry but, King was even like, well, you know, well, Donald Trump's one of my best friends. You uh, know? He, he's still, oh, is he? Okay. Is he alive? Did he die? Yeah, no, he's still alive. Okay. He retired. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I don't know who's dead or alive anymore. Yeah. Um, I get him mixed up with Stanley. So yeah, I Stanley mean, they look a lot the same. So, um, no, but Larry King still kind of defends Trump. Does he? And, okay, I didn't know if he from, did. What as is far now? as I've heard, as most recently that I've heard, which yeah. that's probably been a few years. But um, I I don't know if he agrees with his policies. But right. as far but, as a person, he still. But again, claims. as we talked about, I mean, Trump's been consistent. He's been saying mm-hmm. this since the early '90s about you know what he believes and what's best for the country. 80, and, early '80s. Oh yeah, way early yeah. '80s. Um, when his hair was probably real. Yeah, I think it was the Oprah interview. Okay. was in the 80s and i heard a interview back in 1980 i can't even remember what show it was on that he was saying all the same stuff he's been kind of i didn't realize how many times he kind of alluded to running for president since the I, 80s yeah i, mean, I didn't either almost I every election yeah. pretty I, much. I hadn't heard about him like r- maybe running since like obama i didn't realize he had talked about it in the early 90s or even the 80s well i think probably in the 2000s he kind of Stepped away from when he was a reality star, less businessman, more um, like like reality star. He was less talking about it. But as a businessman, it seemed like every single election cycle he was talking about it. What what I thought was interesting when they came out with with his taxes and they were talking about, you know, how many times he'd gone bankrupt. And and they're like, he's such a fraud. He's not he's a failure. And I'm like, really? Because. He branded himself pretty good, yeah, you know, yeah. and um, if he's a fraud, he's doing a damn good job. Right. Yeah. I, I would take his class out of the deal. <laughs> right. Right. So that's all about the debates. Yeah. Um, like I said, not a lot out of it because yeah. it question, so many questions were dodged. So, right. yeah, I, I agree. Mean, it was it was better than the presidential debate. Mm-hmm. I think Pence won. Um the fly one. I'm going to say the fly one. Hands down. <laughs> Hands down the fly one. Yeah. But Kamala didn't do herself any favors, Mm-mm. for sure. So that's because Trent, uh, Pence was so condescending and uh, right. yeah, mansplaining. mansplaining. And yes, he's so sexist. sexist. Yeah. So uh, that leads us to today began the hearing of Amy Coney Barrett. Coney Barrett. I was going to say Corey. Corey it's Coney. Yes, there's a Coney. flake on my screen. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just call her Amy Barrett. I don't yeah. know why we do this three name basis we, thing. We should just call her ACB. There you go, ACB. Um, that started today that confirmation hearing, and from what you said, it was just a lot of Trump bashing from the get go. Right. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, it just it seems to be their only tactic. It is. It's like at this point. that's what they're using. As, that's their stage, you know. And again, I still think that they're trying to set up, you know, the whole election night steal. So, yeah, and we're going to get yeah, into that right, right, in right. the second half. But yeah, but that's just their go-to is Trump yeah. bad, Trump bad man, yeah. bad man Trump. Yeah, why, anything why Trump does is bad. Why don't you want um, ACB, uh, Trump bad, Yeah, bad Trump. Yeah, well, she's she's going to overturn uh, Roe vs. Wade and she's going to stop uh, gay marriage and uh, she's going to take away health care from uh, millions of Americans. Yeah. So I've got um, five takeaways from CNN and then eight key moments from Fox News. So you know these are going to be on Absolutely. polar opposite sides. Yes. I'm not going to read the whole article, but it does say, this is the CNN one. It says, the first day of confirmation hearings for President Donald Trump's Supreme Court nominee, ACB, featured plenty of fiery speeches, many of them aimed at next month's presidential election rather than the nominee herself, as you said. That's not what we're here for. Right, right. 
Yeah. We're here for her, not hey, for hey, hey, focus, election. Focus, yeah. focus. Back. Bring it back. Yep. Yeah. So it says Democrats focus more on the Affordable Care Act and Trump's backing of a lawsuit that would invalidate the the law. A hearing scheduled for November 10th. Conveniently for November 10th. Of course. Republicans defended the decision to confirm Barrett so close to the election and sought to preempt any questions about her Catholic faith mainly by criticizing Democratic comments from 2017. In fact, viewers might be forgiven if they forgot at times that this was a Supreme Court confirmation rather than a political convention. Well, we were talking politics about Trump, so we might as well talk about her politics too. Absolutely. Uh, It says it's all over, but the politicking. Politicking? 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 I don't know. I didn't even know that was a verb. But it says... Um, Judiciary Chairman Lindsey Graham acknowledged the elephant in the room at the outset of a four-day confirmation hearing process. He says, nobody's mind on the committee is going to be changed by what transpires in the Senate hearing room. He says, this is probably not about persuading each other unless something really dramatic happens. All Republicans will vote yes and all Democrats will vote no. Right. It's so true, and it's so sad. Yeah. And it's just like, we're just going to waste four days then. Yeah, well, I saw where Schumer is saying, uh, he's like, we may not even show up to vote. We might just uh, ghost her, and then what are they going to do? Well, without them for a while. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, that's the way I would look at it. If they're not there to vote, then we're just going to assume that it's yes. <laughs> do your fucking job. That's what you pay. Oh, you yeah. pay hundreds of thousands of dollars right, a year exactly. to do. Do your fucking job. Yeah. I wish I could just go home whenever I want and yeah. still get paid full-time yeah. with benefits and not work ever. I know, right? It would be nice. Um, I like her opening statement. Um, she talked about uh, Justice Scalia um, shaping her. Um, that was one of the issues CNN took was because um, she's connecting herself too closely to Scalia, oh, which is going to bring out her mentor, con- bring out her conservative side. Right. Well, obviously, she's yeah. a conservative-leaning right. she, she knows that. And, she goes, uh, his judicial uh, judicial philosophy was straightforward. A judge must apply the law as written, not as the judge wishes it were. Uh, policy decisions and value judgments. Um, in every case, I have carefully considered the arguments presented by the parties, discussed the issues with my colleagues on the court, and done my utmost to reach the result required by the law, whatever my own preferences might be. So, I mean, you know, she's given the right answers, mm-hmm. but uh, it's not going to follow with them because it doesn't fit the narrative of fear-mongering. Well, the one thing that CNN pointed out was that um, the Republicans were quick to point out that the Democrats are going to be biased against her religion and keep bringing oh, up right. her religion or Catholic faith and stuff like that. And CNN's like, well, the Republicans were the only ones that brought up religion in this whole thing. And even ACB herself in her speech said that she believes in the power of prayer. That's right. the one thing she said is, I believe in the power of prayer. And they mentioned that like three times oh, in sure. this article. Yeah, they're trying to that she paint said her as a, as a cultist, as one of the handmaiden, mm. you know? So, And even today, protesters dressed up at, in the handmaiden tale costumes yeah. um, to protest her um, and how this is going to like completely... Get do away with women's rights, and they did the exact same protest oh, yeah. for Kavanaugh. Yeah, it's just right. like, yeah, be original, right? Exactly. You're, that protest isn't original. Yeah, you, you did this already. This is a rerun. Yeah, do, do something cool like you know, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, and, <laughs> Handmaid's Tale is not even a thing anymore. Is right. it even still a show? I think it's still on Hulu. I mean, nobody talks about it anymore. No, so no, I, I don't know anybody that watches it, but um, I, I think it's popular. But 
you know, they're trying to paint her because, you know, she said, you know, they say, oh, well, her religion says she must submit to her husband. Well, that's Christianity. It says that in the Bible, you know, but they try to paint it as a cultist thing. Yeah, I mean, right, right. So um, CNN's takeaways are, one is Republicans are looking for openings to discuss religion, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID looms over hearings. Three Republican senators have tested positive for coronavirus after oh, the past two weeks, throwing into doubt what appeared to be a sure thing confirmation. That danger for Republicans appears to have passed for now, but the coronavirus threat still loomed over the hearing as two Republicans who tested positive are on the Judiciary Committee. Um, it says, Democrats attacked Graham for moving forward with the hearing despite positive tests and not requiring tests for all senators on the panel. Um, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, I mean, you got to be a politician if your last name's Whitehouse. His parents set him up. They, that's all that's to it. A Rhode Island Democrat says, this hearing itself is a microcosm of Trump's dangerous ineptitude in dealing with the COVID pandemic. So that was a takeaway. Um, another takeaway is Barrett uh, emphasizes experience with Scalia. We talked about that. Um, he says she d- generally discussed her legal philosophy fee which reflects that of Scalia, her mentor, and a conservative anchor of the high court for years. Obviously, she's going to have influence from him. So those were their takeaways. Uh, that was three. What was the fourth? Oh, Democrats make a personal pitch to protect health care. So their main right. goal was the Affordable Care Act. Right. Yeah, and they're trying to they're trying to say that they're going to overturn it. So the eight key moments from Fox News are number one: Graham cites RBG and shooting down the Dems argument against the hearing uh, so, which we read i read that um, mm-hmm. earlier how he said well a couple years ago she said president doesn't stop being president you know yeah, even, president serves for four years not right, three exactly so there's nothing unconstitutional yep so that was one of uh fox news's points two is Leahy claims shit where'd it go fox news Accidentally flipped to another article that I don't want to read. Um, Leahy claims Barrett's confirmation could be harmful to women. Right, of course. Um, Yeah, we know. Sassy rips court packing as partisan suicide bombing. (laughs) What? Wait, what? Senator Ben Sassy of Nebraska, he's a Republican, says, Court packing is the idea that we should blow up our shared civics that we should end the deliberative structure of the Senate by making it just another majoritarian party or body for the purpose of packing the Supreme Court. Court packing would depend on the destruction of the full debate here in the Senate. It says debate here, H-E-A-R, like here in the Senate, they can't spell. And it is a partisan suicide bombing that would end the deliberative structure of the United States Senate and make this job less interesting for all oh, hundred of us. Yeah, I, I yeah, Ben Sass, he's pretty solid. Um, I know what he's saying. Like basically, if they pack the court, they're gonna take away the power of the of the Congress. Yeah, that's what he's saying. But I just thought it, it was funny. He it's way it suicide it, yeah. bombing. Democrats claim Trump chose Barrett to be a judicial torpedo aimed at Obamacare. Man, there's a lot of explosives. In I know. Explosive this ordinance. Getting a little scary. Number five. NSA. Lee comes out of coronavirus isolation and attends the hearing in person. Who cares? Who? One of the senators that contracted it. He was cleared by his doctors oh, and showed okay. up, and so they didn't gotcha. like that. Durbin claims Trump wants Barrett confirmed because of possibility of contested election. Dick Durbin? Yes. From Illinois. 
Uh, Ernst, Joni Ernst, uh, Howley and Howley defend Barrett from attacks on faith. Don't care. Uh, Barrett tells committee courts should not, the court should not try to do Congress's job. And that's the one thing uh, CNN had against uh, Barrett was right. that she believes that certain um, decisions should be left up to the voters, which would be right. depend on, would be Congress's job. Novel concept. Not so certain things like say, for example, one major contested one, gay marriage that right. was decided at the Supreme Court level when several states um, decided that they didn't want it. The Supreme right. Court came out and said, no, no, that's unconstitutional. So yeah. she leans more that people should be able to vote. People on should it. be able to vote on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was one of those big things. So, yeah, that's one of the key points from Fox News and CNN both mentioned that point I, I like this little phrase here this is from uh bbc it says who is amy coney barrett and it talks about uh, she's conservative um due to record uh on issues uh like abortion and gay marriage a devout catholic but says her faith does not influence her opinion now i like this is an originalist which means interpreting the u.s constitution as the authors intended and not moving with the times so it's kind of making it sound like you know she's She's kind of stuck in the well, past there. Well, we talked about, I think, two or three weeks ago that um, the left seem, like says the, the Constitution is evolving. Right. Thing, where it's it a can, living document. Yeah. And the right is conservative. Right. Is more like what, what's in writing is in writing. Yeah. So, and I don't think that's like straight down the no. party lines that but, people agree, think it, that. Right. But it also is subjective because when you talk like about the second amendment where they'd be like, well, the, the founders didn't intend for people to have semi-automatic weapons and conservatives are like, no, it's just, it says about right to bear arms, you know, to right. have a militia right. for, you know, so it's only whatever fits their right. narrative. Exactly. Really. We can evolve it with, um, depending on the narrative. certain things, but yeah. when it comes down to other things like the right to bear arms, no, that's not what it says. Right. So, yeah, so that started today. So I'm sure the next four days are going to be... Oh, yeah. There'll be headlines every, yeah, every day. Yeah, it's going week. to be a mess. And we're, we're never... I mean, I I don't think it'll only go four days. Do you no. think? I mean, I think something's going to postpone right. it. Yeah, I, I agree. One, one of the Democrats will get intentionally contract COVID so, <laughs> so we can postpone this. Now, what's interesting is they say that if she is um, brought in, that that would put the Supreme Court at six conservative judges and three liberal judges, right? Mm -hmm. Which means currently they're at five conservative and three liberal. So if the presidency should go to the Supreme Court now, it would favor Trump anyways. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really sure what the what the big deal I, is. I don't know. I, I don't know at all, really. Um, yeah. I mean, you might be able to sway one one justice because would, there are some that sit more in the middle. Well, yeah, and they've, I mean, we talked about this summer, how they've ruled against Trump mm -hmm. at the majority of the time because Trump never made a case. Right, right, right. In times. So, um, you know, so they have just sat in the middle. Yep. So we got that to look forward to. We're probably going to hear a lot of, Mr. Chairman, I, I just want to put on the record that yeah. I object to this. And I, I feel like, and he, he 
keeps going. But but Mr. Chair, Mr. Chairman, I think that person needs to be heard. His objections. Yeah. You remember that from the Kavanaugh yes, one, where it went yes. on for like twenty minutes. Yeah, and, and it's like I understand. But, but Mitch Mr. McConnell, Senator, I, I persist. In, I persist. Became a T-shirt, logo. Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Chairman, I I persist yeah. that uh, you you should. It just yeah. watching that video just made my ears bleed. My well, brain bled out. And that my was ears. something. Um, what was it? <laughs> oh, when I was t in the, my whole debate thing on BBC, someone was like, "And yet she persisted," trying to say like she was like standing up to the man type yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And I said, "No, persisting would mean that she was doing it intentionally. She mm. wasn't doing it intentionally. She was just immature." Mm. So, yep, that's all it was. So, fun stuff. Yep. Let's move away from that. Please. We had a couple things going on across the pond. Yes. Um, this, this is something that's been cooking for a while. Yeah, let me find it. Hang on. We had this um had this tension going on overseas. It says the Nagorno Karabakh conflict. Yeah. Is ushering in a new age of warfare. And they've yeah. been. This is between the Armenians and the Azerbaijan. Yeah, this is something that's been cooking um, since the dissolution of uh, Russia. Um, it's a, a um, territory dispute in southern Russia, and um, basically, this is becoming the new proxy war. So you got Iran and Russia thrown in on one side, um, Turkey, which is a NATO ally. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, they're th and they're trying and they're trying to get the United States brought in um, and Israel, and obviously get them all involved. Absolutely. So there, this is the new proxy war that's going on. Um, but it's interesting because in this particular article, they're talking about how um, this is like almost. I mean, they're going straight out drones on this bad boy. Yeah. Um, long range, uh, artillery. I mean, very little manpower on the ground. Um, it's like super one sided too, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, which is why they're trying to bring everybody else in. So, uh, Iran came out last week and said, look, this is gonna, this is gonna envelop the entire region. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, they're talking about Pakistan, um, India, um, I, and again, I don't know if that's fear mongering or if it's legit, but like right. I said, Everybody's trying to get their hand in this thing now. So, what exactly is it between? Is it like disputed land? Because I don't yeah. know much about this. Because this says it started in the '90s. It says a bloody war that right. ended in '94. Right. So I'll read a little bit just to maybe get some background here. It says both Armenia and how do you pronounce that? How do you pronounce that? Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. Say, yeah, I would say Azerbaijan. Traditional enemies have been building up their armed forces over the last decade. They fought a bloody war that ended in 94, in which tens of thousands of people were killed and hundreds of thousands were displaced on both sides. Azerbaijan's army collapsed and Armenia took control of several regions, including the key regions of Fazuli and Jab Jabrail in the south, bordering Iran. Uh, President Ilham Aliyev of Azerbaijan, they're really making me work here, <laughs> has been explicit in his desire to return these regions to Azerbaijan. Um, says, the country has a defense and mutual assist assistance pact with its neighbor and ally, Turkey. Extensive joint exercises were held in late July and early August with, according to Azerbaijan, as many as 11,000 Turkish troops taking part, with units training alongside each other. 
Turkish Air Force fighter jets, armed drones, and long-range artillery trained alongside the Azerbaijani armed forces. Exercises were run after a bloody clash between the two enemies in early July, lasting several days in which drone warfare was prominent. Uh, drones and more drones. The use of drones or unmanned aerial vehicles, we know what drones are, Absolutely. has been increasing in battlefields across the world, thanks to Obama. And the current conflict between Azerbaijan and Armenia is no exception. Images of armored vehicles being destroyed regardless of attempts at camouflage flooded Western media outlets as Armenian tanks were swiftly targeted by armed drones. Azerbaijan has been steadily building up its force of UAVs. Israel, a major drone exporter, has been supplying the Azeri armed forces with loitering munitions like the Harup, which were used to great effect in previous major skirmishes in 2016, dubbed the Four-Day War. This is a new class of munition, which is essentially a kamikaze or suicide UAV. That just sounds like a waste of money. It does. Uh, a combination of a bomb and a drone. It loiters over the battlefield, its remote operator searching for targets. Once found, the drone is flown into the target, destroying both itself and the target. That sounds scary as fuck. No doubt. Um, so... I, I might be able to... Um, Give a little bit more yeah, go background here. Okay, so this, the mount, mountainous region of Nagorno Karabakh belongs to the Azerbaijan under international law, but most of its inhabitants are ethnic Armenians. The territorial dispute originated in the waning days of World War One, when the Caucasian nations briefly set up their own independent nation states amid Damn the Caucasians. collapse of the Russian. I know, right? Collapse of the Russian Empire before being absorbed into the Soviet Union a few years later. The Soviets redrew the borders of the peripheral republics in the Caucasus and Central Asia to ensure that they contained significant ethnic minority populations, making them more likely to fight each other than to fight Russia and harder to govern as independent states. That's kind of dickish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whether these decisions were part of a deliberate divide-and-rule strategy, which we all know it was. I was going to say, this all sounds yeah. super familiar, though. <laughs> exactly. The Armenians of Nagorona Kabarna continue to press for independence from Azerbaijan throughout the Soviet Union. You just said throughout. Throughout. I did. That's my throughout? inner Canadian. In 1988, as the Soviet Union was beginning to fall apart, the leaders of the regional Soviet voted to separate the region from Azerbaijan and unite with Armenia. This attempt at secession launched an ethnic conflict that quickly spiraled into an all-out war, which lasted six years and led to 30,000 deaths and the displacement of one million people. Russia brokered a ceasefire in 1994, by which time Armenia had taken control over the area. The ceasefire held despite occasional violations for 22 years, but the countries never reached permanent settlement. Uh, a mini-war broke out in 2016, with Azerbaijan recapturing a small, small amount of territory for four days, and small-scale hostilities erupted this past July, um, where war has now broken out. A complicating factor in this conflict is the belligerents' more powerful neighbors, Russia and Turkey, have interest in the soft South Caucasus and have the ability to either de-escalate or exasperate the conflict. Turkey, which sees the Turkic language-speaking Azerbaijan's as part of greater Turkish sphere of influence has backed Azerbaijan in the dispute. Um, so basically, Russia's backing one side, Turkey's backing the other, and may all their friends jump in the middle wherever they may be. Interesting. Sounds like a mess. Yep, sounds, sounds like, like a mess Syria. in the making. Yeah. So, we got I mean, 
I'm surprised none of this is coming up in the lecture. Well, none of this stuff yeah, going on I'm over really there. I'm really surprised it is also. Because so. remember, was it Gary Johnson that got asked where... Oh, such Aleppo. About, uh, Aleppo, and <laughs> yes. he's just like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Well, just imagine like somebody, one of the candidates being asked... What do you think about what's going on in Azerbaijan? And what? Yeah, that's that's my favorite Aladdin movie. <laughs> but I think that shows how screwed up this election is. Yeah, because they're trying to put they're just they're focusing on COVID and Trump's response to COVID. And, and what foreign policy have they really thrown they in? They haven't it? touched anything except I mean, China, for China, 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 and Russia, China and Russia. Yeah, yeah China and Russia it. are the only two. Um, and there's all this other shit going oh gosh, on. Yeah. That have, I mean, there's so much going on with China besides right. the, the trade stuff. Oh my gosh, yeah, because China's been threatening everybody in the region. Yeah, even Australia is like yeah. coming up, like pissed at China yeah. right now, and nobody's touching it. So I mean, it just blows my mind that this whole election has just kind of been. It's just a referendum trying to get Trump out. Yeah, they're not focusing on the issues. True, twenty twenty election. I mean, yes, as upside down as it possibly could be. Yeah. So, let's move back over here. That's not a. I mean, there's a ton going on over there, but there's so much going on over yeah, here with no, the elections I agree. going I agree. on. I agree. Um, and all this, like, chaos between sides, things getting just, like, people just like. Losing their fucking minds yeah. over the debate, not the debates, but the elections, over over all this stuff. Um, we had a group of militants that were arrested for attempting or plotting to kidnap the, was it the governor of Michigan? Governor, or the, yeah, Gretchen Whitmer. So what? What? what is going on? Obviously, that's <laughs> Trump's fault. Obviously. I mean- they are all Trump supporters, aren't they? I mean, they gotta be. They gotta right. be. Right. Only Trump supporters would do something like that. Yes. Even though I didn't, I'm pretty sure one of them came out and said that he fucking hates Trump. Yeah, after, that's right. He did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. He like he said, said he was Tr- a tyrant. Tr- said Trump's a tyrant. So had, obviously, it's not a Trump-led thing. Yeah. Well, that's. Are you hearing that in the in the media though? No, of course not. No, because it doesn't fit the narrative. Even the Chicago mayor came out and said, this is Trump's fault. Oh, yeah, I know. But yeah. it says, six men charged with conspiring to kidnap uh, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer and seven others arrested under state anti-terrorism law. So I'll read the key points because um, we're going to push our time really soon here. Sure. So it says, federal authorities charged six men for allegedly plotting to kidnap the governor, we, we said that, from her vacation home before November's presidential election with one of the defendants allegedly saying they would then try Whitmer for treason, officials revealed Thursday. And this is all based on probably her response to COVID. Oh, yeah, the shutdown stuff. All that stuff, yeah. I mean, she's been she's been overreaching this entire time, and they've come out and said it's unconstitutional, you can't do this, you can't mm-hmm. do this, and, she kept- and she's still pushing. So they're going, they want to try uh, kidnap her and try her for treason. Mm. Seven other men known to be members or associates of the militia group Wolverine Watchmen. Does that Which, not sound bad? I was going to say every comic book fan just got a little, so, little, a little, little excited. Hard on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got really excited. Like, ooh, they were charged under Michigan's anti-terrorism law. Oh, it's isn't Michigan's the Wolverines? Is no, that, yeah, uh, they are. That's not as cool. No. I thought. Yeah, I know. I was thinking like Red Dawn, you know, like, yes. oh, no, they're just like football fans, I guess. Yeah. 
At a meeting in July, the men allegedly discussed attacking a Michigan State police facility, and in a separate conversation after the meeting, uh, Garvin suggested shooting up the governor's vacation home. So not even kidnapping, like shooting it up. So, I I mean, is there a lot really released about this? says FBI later heard the men and others talking about attacking the Michigan State Capitol using Molotov cocktails to destroy police vehicles. The plot allegedly included one of the men surveilling Whitmer's vacation home. Uh, Charged federally in the case are five Michigan residents, Adam Fox, Ty Garvin, Caleb Franks, Daniel Harris, and Brandon Caserta, and a Delaware man, Barry Croft. Why Delaware? Did you just traveled from Delaware to... Yeah, it sounds like a Biden connection. Yeah, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) Um, Defendants were arrested Wednesday night. Um... I don't know if there's a whole lot more they, to say. They brought an 800,000 volt taser. Holy shit. <laughs> what do they think? She's an elephant? No kidding. <laughs> That'll drop. Well, she blew up. <laughs> <laughs> her eyes just like exploded out of her sockets. Uh, yeah, they're trying to push this on Trump. They're trying to say his comments during the debate for the Proud Boys to stand by. This has nothing to do with the Proud Boys. This is not I, the Proud Boys. I know this. Yes. I know. They're just finding any connection. Like, oh, they are. Like I said, they think Trump is a tyrant. Yeah. So what does this have anything to do with Trump? Uh, no, they're just trying to throw it on him. It's, he's complicit in the alleged result or of course. plot. Um, just last week, the president of the United States stood before the American people. He said, stand back and stand by. Stand by. Hate groups heard the president's words, not as a rebuke, but as a rallying cry. Oh, yes, of course. When our leaders speak, their their words matter. They carry weight. When our leader meets with encourage or fraternize with domestic terrorists, they legitimize their actions and they were complicit. So, yeah, which is... This is what we talked about. Yeah. We've talked about things are getting so fucking out of hand. Yeah. Because, mostly because of the media. Yeah. The media is perpetuating this. They love this shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, then yeah. you look over in Denver and a guy was shot by a... A security guard? Yeah, for a news station. Yeah, a news station security guard shot... Did I send that one to you? Yeah. Shot a, oh, yeah, a right-wing protester? Yes. Says, a man arrested as a man is shot dead during rallies by left-wing and right-wing groups in Denver. So there was, like, clashing rallies. There was, um, there was the Patriot Rally and a left-wing BLM Antifa soup drive. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Okay. That's not something I ever thought I would hear in a sentence. <laughs> no. <laughs> I want a t-shirt that says that. The BLM Antifa, Antifa Soup, soup Drive. drive. <laughs> uh, Have a guy in a ski mask, you know, with a, a bowl and a spoon yeah, and a chef's hat. <laughs> absolutely. person taken into custody was the individual that we determined shot the other individual. Thank you for clearing that. <laughs> <laughs> the person taken into custody was the individual we determined shot the other individual. Well, That's probably good. I'm glad Police you were doing right your job. <laughs> Solid work, officer. It was another individual taken into custody in close proximity. We have determined that the individual is not involved in this incident, but they were a person of interest at the time. They're saying so very little in so many words. I don't think they have a lot of information, to be honest. No, but like I said, it's come out. Like, this one didn't say it, but it has come out that it was, like you said, a news station security guard. So, we got... I I don't want to hang on, dwell on that too much, but that's just all to say that shit is just... 
going yeah. getting way out of hand. Well, and then uh, let's see. We have um, let's see. First of all, we got uh, Keith Oberman. Yeah, re- that's what I was gonna. It's gonna move away from those and get into like how this stuff is happening because you got all yeah. these prominent people saying this crazy exactly. shit, and I, like I said, the media is perpetuating Absolutely. it. All these big billionaires are perpetuating yeah. it, and millionaires. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who Keith Oberman is. He was an announcer for ESPN. Um, oh yes, and then he ended up getting a job with uh, MSNBC. He had his own show, um, Oberman something or other, right? And he got a little crazy, and they ended up letting him go. I can't imagine why. Right? I, I don't remember if there if he re- misreported some information that got him kicked out, or he just was getting just way out there. Um, but he says he ranted in a new YouTube video on Thursday that those who supported President Donald Trump, including federal judge and Supreme Court nominee Amy B- Coney Barrett, must be prosecuted and convicted and removed from our society. Convicted of what? Right. Disagreeing with yeah, you? Exactly. Trump can be and must be expunged. They hate he has triggered. The Pandora's box he has opened. They will not be so easily destroyed. So let us brace ourselves. The task is twofold. The terrorist Trump must be defeated, must be destroyed, must be devoured at the, the ballot terrorist? box. He said terrorist. He said terrorist. Must be devoured at the ballot box. And then he and his enablers and supporters and his collaborators like Mike Lee and the William Barrs and the Sean Hannity's and the Mike Pence's and Rudy Giuliani's and the Kyle Rittenhouse's and the Amy Conan Barrett's wow. must be... Just throw them all in there. I know. Must be prosecuted and convicted and removed from our society while we try and rebuild it. And to rebuild the world, Trump has destroyed by turning it over to a virus. Remember it, even as we dream of a, to return to reality and safety that the country for which our forefathers died, that the fight is not just to win an election, but to win it by enough to chase at least for a moment Trump and the maggots off the stage and then to clean off what they left. Remember it, even though to remember it means that the fight does not end November 3rd, but in many ways will begin that day. Wow. Wow. So, um, holy shit. Prosecuted <laughs> and convicted. And that the fight does not end on November do you, 3rd. Do you know what it would require to prosecute and convict them? You'd have to fucking change all the laws. And like, yeah. yeah. That's what they're, they're wanting. They're wanting to make dissent illegal, mm-hmm. make opposition illegal. And yeah. like his only... The only thing I heard in there, the only reasoning was the virus, the the handling of the virus, right. the virus, the virus. Even yeah. though, uh, well, again, well, that's what does all... Barrett have to do with any of this? I mean, she was just nominated to be because she's right wing. What does fucking Sean Hannity have to do with it? No, <laughs> I mean nobody who likes Sean Hannity for real, but right, yeah. but he's lumping so many people in one here. Oh yeah, solely because they support Trump. Absolutely. Yeah. So your support of the opposition mm-hmm. deems you a criminal now. Yeah. Yeah. But the fun does not stop there because the CEO of Twitter. Former CEO. Former, my bad. Yeah, because Jack Dorsey is the current one, isn't gotcha. he? Gotcha. Yes. Former Twitter CEO, Dick Castallo. Freaking Dick. Say <laughs> so capitalists are going to be the first to be shot in the revolution. Me first capitalists who think you can separate society from business are going to be the first people Wait. lined up against the wall. Who is this again? Dick Costello. Who was he? Uh, former Twitter CEO. And Twitter was founded under socialism? He became right? a billionaire under socialism? Don't they all? Or did he make his billions as a capitalist? Right. 
Yeah. A capitalist who uh, is a me first capitalist who thinks he can separate society from business. Yeah. Like, that's what he made his platform. That's the only reason he has a platform to speak on right yeah. now is because of fucking capitalism. Well, that these guys, they're, they're gatekeepers. They don't want anybody infringing on their on their territory. I mean, it's like, no, 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 no. I, I'm here, but I don't want you to be there. But this isn't saying they should be arrested. No, no. This is saying they should be shot. They're going to be shot. They're going to be the first to be shot in the revolution. So not only is it saying they, they're doing something wrong, he's call, basically calling for a revolution yeah. here. I mean, he's not saying the words, but um, an influencer such as this, I mean, he it's, it's kind of like when they're saying, throwing out there that well, Trump uh, gave this battle cry for all these uh, activists. Right. What yeah. do you think this guy is oh, doing? Yeah. By Absolutely. he's not he's not tiptoeing around yeah. and giving symbolism oh. or or clues. Oh no, he's, he's straight out, out saying, saying, "Line them up, shoot them, and I will happily provide video commentary." I mean, that's just April. <laughs> I mean, talking about talking about a call to violence, like yeah. an influencer's call to violence, and um, people rally. You th you don't think people will rally around this? Yeah. Yeah, and for people to call out Trump because he said "stand by" or right. "stand back" and "stand by," yeah, this is freaking insane oh, yeah. that this is even no. allowed. Costello was responding to a tweet, tweet, a tweet, a tweet, and a thread about whether tech companies and business leaders should involve themselves in social justice issues. Um, so he's basically saying, if you own a business and you're not going to put yourself out there to combat social justice issues, you should be the first ones lined up against the wall and shot. God, Lord. Yeah. Wow. I I don't even know. Like, I, I think we're lost. No, yeah. As a society, I think we're... I don't know if there's coming back when there's such a derangement here. Yeah. And this is classic example of Trump derangement syndrome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And as for, much as we can say till we're blue in the face, we don't like Donald Trump. Right. He's kind of an idiot. Right. He's not the greatest president in the world. Right. This is Trump derangement syndrome oh, to yeah. the point where you're saying, A, that people that support the, the this madman, the, this terrorist should be arrested and removed, got, from, removed society. Some, from society. Or these people should be lined up and shot and I'll give the video commentary. Yeah. And you have lost your fucking mind and there is no coming back from that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean that going into the election in 4 weeks, that's that's where people stand. But talk about throwing in all your chips though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and they are. They're cashing them all in this year. So it, it's just like what what happens when Trump is elected? They're going to lose like, their fucking minds. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you've given you've bet all on black at this point and yeah. and red landed and you just lost. I, Big time. They're going to burn down the fucking casino. Yeah, That's yeah. what's going to come next. It is. I'm convinced. It is. And it's going to be com commented. There's commentary on it by this guy, this yeah. dumbass, freaking Dick Costello or whatever his name yeah. was. What was the name? Dick Costello. Costello. There you <laughs> Costello. go. Costello. I don't know. This is this is a mad world. Yeah. Mad country we live in. and It gets madder. It, it's going to get madder. Yeah. This... This Trump derangement syndrome, we're going to really talk about it more because um, here in the second hour coming it, up. It's so much deeper. It does. And I mean, there's just been a fight to get rid of him from the before beginning. day one. Oh, yeah. Even yeah. From his announcement day, yeah. pretty much. It yeah. was basically like, we got to put all the stops on this. Oh, yeah. 
do whatever we can to keep this from it, happening. It was Hillary's turn. She was supposed to be president. Mm-hmm. She was supposed to take it to the next step. And, and then, she's part of that game. Oh, she's she part is, absolutely. Of, she's, she's part of that that club, you know? Yeah, yeah. And whether you say he is or he isn't, Trump doesn't really seem to be part of that right. club. And whether he's a good guy or not, man, that, that ruffles some feathers. And you get all this stuff. And all these people... I'm I'll sorry. let you sneeze. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna edit your sneezes out. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Just gonna let let her ride. Um, all these people, though they, they're part. They're, they're somehow benefiting from from that club. They have to be. Oh, they are absolutely. I mean, right. and it's just gone so far off the rails that. I don't see us coming back from it. Yeah. But because these people that they're convinced that they're fighting the greatest evil mm-hmm. in the world right now. And, and they've been do... working to to prove that or to right. push that push that narrative from oh, my yeah. opinion. Right. right. For four years now. They've yeah. been outright lying, yeah. blatantly lying to and, make him the evilest person. And what's crazy is he used to be one of them. Yeah. Right? I mean, he used to hang out with the Clintons. Well, he yeah, used because to get... he donated. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they liked him when they were in his pocket. And then he runs for president, and now they're trying to make him seem like the Antichrist. (laughs) Right. Well, maybe he is. Maybe we're wrong here. (laughs) You know, that's entirely possible. (laughs) But we're going to go ahead and take a break now, and then we'll get right back into that. So uh, get yourself something to drink and get yourself comfy again, and we'll get right back into it. So we'll see you in just a little bit. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence, to new ways to develop rugged individualism, to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez, at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. All right. Once again, here we are. Right back back at you with more and more info. You can't get rid of us. No. We don't go away like a bad penny. Yeah, we said that before. I know. We I talked about to bring it back. We talked about why the penny's bad, but we're not going to get into that again. The phil- philosophical reasoning behind yeah, the bad. Penny. I mean, we could do a, we should do a whole episode on why the penny is bad. I like it, but not today. Not okay. today. Okay. Today we have to talk about why other things are bad, like 
Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Why is Nancy Pelosi bad? Why is she a horrible, <laughs> horrible human or humanoid? I guess you could call her. The coke. It's the coke. It's got to be the cocaine. It's the which cocaine. some cocaine does some people good. Like Eddie Van Halen yeah. was um, rumored, not rumored. I mean, it, there was a detail of his life that came oh. out that said he like had lines of coke lined up behind his amp that he like hit every single concert. Nice. On every single stage, and he had like a drug dealer on standby that would travel the country but and the world to hook him up. Didn't didn't he die? He, he did. <laughs> he did. And Nancy Pelosi is still alive. Yeah, so well, what's the Botox? I guess maybe she has the bad coke that makes you an evil monster, not an amazing guitar gotcha. player. But it also keeps you alive a lot longer. Where's the justice in the world? Seriously. So just recently, um. Nancy Pelosi came out, and this was a couple days ago. It says October 9th on this article. She came out and introduced a 25th Amendment measure after questioning Trump's fitness to serve. So what the 25th Amendment is, if you don't know, it's it what lines up, it outlines the uh, order of succession, like say something should happen to the president or the vice president. And if something happens to both of them, guess who is in charge? Mm -hmm. Speaker of the House. Interesting. So the Speaker of the House introduces a measure, a 25th Amendment measure. Um, Seems like a conflict of interest. You would think so. I would. Uh, to to kind of revisit the 25th Amendment and kind of just, just to study it, I guess, is what she's saying. It says, here, let me pull this article up. This is from Vo, VOA News. Okay. VOA News. U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Democratic Congressman Jamie Raskin unveiled legislation Friday to create a commission that would be empowered by the Constitution's 25th Amendment to act in concert with the Vice President Mike Pence to strip the president of his duties. Pelosi announced legislation after she called on Trump administration earlier this week to disclose more information about the health of the president, Donald Trump, who was recently diagnosed with COVID-19. Clearly he is under medication. Any of us who is under of any of us who is under medication of that seriousness is in an altered state. She sounds like she's admitting that she's under medication. <laughs> um, she told reporters on Capitol Hill Friday. He has bragged about the medication he has taken, and again, there are articles by medical professionals stating this could have an impact on his judgment. Pelosi also said the introduction of the measure would not was not directed at Trump. Even though she said that and then introduced the measure, she, it wasn't directed at Trump, but rather an effort to codify procedures to help protect the security of the country in the future. This is not about President Trump, she said. He will face the judgment of the voters, but he shows the need for us to create a process for future presidents. Isn't that what the amendment is? Is the process? It is, What yes. she's looking for is somebody to have the final say to be like, we're invoking the 25th right. Amendment. Yeah, That's exactly. what she's doing. Yeah, Raskin, who is also a constitutional lawyer, said Trump's COVID-19 infection has focused everybody's mind on the need for following through on this suggestion in the 25th Amendment that Congress set up its own body. And I think, again, in the age of COVID-19, where a lot of government actors who have been afflicted by it, we need to act. So they're wanting to set up a body that like makes this final call, pretty much. Trump took to Twitter, to Twitter after the legislation was unveiled, saying crazy Nancy Pelosi is looking at the 25th Amendment in order to replace Joe Biden with Kamala Harris. 
Interesting. I didn't even take that approach to it. Holy shit. Huh. That makes even more sense. You just blew my mind. Right? Trump just blew your mind. Did you even think that was possible this year? <laughs> no, actually. The Dems want to happen it that to happen fast because Sleepy Joe is out of it, <laughs> Trump said. <laughs> <laughs> so she introduced this bill, um, stating that or just kind of setting up this body, I think, to um just kind of make more of a a process because the the const the the amendment exists there, but she wants to make an actual process out of it and have a body of it. So she's introducing this bill, um, and like I said, coincidentally, she's in one of the in direct line of succession. If two of them should fall ill, she's she's the next one in line. I, I feel like there's gonna be a monster that attacks the house, and they're gonna White House and are gonna take off the mask and be Nancy Pelosi, and she's gonna be like, "You darn kids, I would have gotten away with it." <laughs> That's. Awesome. Awesome <laughs> Scooby-Doo reference. Um, so this other article from the Boston Herald says, Nancy Pelosi's bill on the 25th Amendment is a transparent power grab. This is published by Joe Battenfield. I think it's an op-ed. But it says, Nancy Pelosi's push to create a commission to study the 25th Amendment is a politically transparent power grab designed purely to raise questions about President Trump's mental and physical health right before Election Day. It won't work and actually could backfire on Democrats if voters think the House Speaker is trying to capitalize on Trump's coronavirus diagnosis. Pelosi claims the bill has nothing to do with Trump, yet the same at the same time she says we are reminded of the necessity of action by the health of our current president. Right, suddenly we have to introduce this bill now, but it's for it's about future presidents. Obviously, we got to get this pushed through Absolutely. before the election. Yeah, it's important. But don't worry, it's not it's not for Trump. <laughs> Apparently, um, Trump said on Rush Limbaugh's show, he said a lot of things. He even said the F word on Rush's show. Trump about, did? Yeah, about Iran. And he's like, but pretty much said, fuck around and find out. I don't know exactly what he huh. said, but he did say um, um, they better quit fucking around or something like that. <laughs> but he said on... Uh, Rush Limbaugh, she's gone crazy. She's a nut job. <laughs> but Pelosi's not crazy. It's actually worse. She's deviously conjured up this bill to determine when a president is too incapacitated to lead in order to score political points off Trump's illness. It reinforces Democrats' attempt to raise doubts about Trump's mental and physical health, just as he's attempting to return to the campaign trail. So, all this to say... It's a power grab, and it's a push against Trump is to make this narrative right. that Trump's not fit to run. Yeah. It's, he's not fit for the office because of this virus, which what's that saying about all these other people that have got it? Right. It's kind of um, degrading everybody yeah. in America who has gotten coronavirus. Yeah. Right. Sorry, you're not fit to do whatever you were doing before. Sorry. <laughs> right. Right. So hmm. all this leads to this narrative we've kind of been following when we talked about a little bit in the first half. Yeah. There's just been this push to freaking take down Trump or this narrative to make Trump look like he's not fit yeah. or he's this monster. He's a terrorist. Some of these people are saying, um, right. And, and this has been going on since day one of his, yeah, his announcing his campaign. You Absolutely. look back in 2016, right after he announced, mm -hmm. there's all this stuff going on with, 
Um, you hear about the Obamagate, the Spygate, whatever you want to call it. They're spying on his campaign, whether right. using FISA well, warrants to fi- yeah. follow his campaign. It's been going on since day one. Yeah. Well, didn't they? Yeah, because didn't they set up Michael Flynn to meet with the uh, the Soviet operatives or the Soviet operatives? Jeez, the I, Russian um, uh, premier or uh, ambassador that they knew the guy was being watched. Right. I don't know about Flynn, but I know George Papadopoulos. I watched an interview on him, and he was one of the ones that spent a few you days said that in name prison. Beautifully as well. I just want to Papadopoulos. Yes, George Papadopoulos. Um. I want to call him Snuffleupagus, but that's say that's reserved for George Stephanopoulos. Yes, yes, Snuffy. Another another long Greek name. Papadopoulos. So George Papadopoulos was on um, Trump's campaign team. He yeah. was like a foreign relations type guy. He had all these connections with foreign right. people. Like he didn't. And according to his interview, he didn't even really have any Russian connections back then. He had connections with other countries like Italy mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And he claims he was set up because um, when they started looking into him, some of the events that they like started looking into him was before he, he says was before he even came public as one of Trump's advisors. Like oh, okay. it wasn't even public knowledge yet. And some of the stuff that they were bringing up on him was stuff like pre this becoming public knowledge. So mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, they, they were onto this before I was even part of this. And one of the things he um he had met with some foreigner I can't even think of their names right now some Russian he's supposedly like Russian intelligence or something right. and that was the guy that told him that Russia has dirt on Hillary right and according to him and I'm not saying everything he says is is true obviously everybody's going to claim their own innocence according to him he just kind of like blew it off until he went and met with. The other guy, the Australian ambassador, you remember that guy? Right. Yeah. Um, Alexander Downer. And um, this is the guy that he supposedly said, disclosed over drinks, that um, he had dirt on Hillary or Russia had dirt on Hillary. And he's the one that, being the superhero he was, went back to U.S. intelligence and said and disclosed that Papadopoulos has dirt from Russia on Hillary and right. that's what sparked this investigation to start with the the whole um um investigation into uh Trump's collusion and stuff but according to Papadopoulos um Downer's the one that brought that up he he was like I hear you have information or, or did you hear there that Russia has information on on Hillary has dirt on Hillary and that, according to Papadopoulos, that sparked the conversation. Like, he was almost, like, um, baiting him into it. And and according to him, like, every time Papadopoulos would go to answer a question, um, Downer would, like, hold up his phone like he was recording, like, all his answers or something. And he thought it was weird. It's like, why so would you, just kept why going, would you keep with going? It? Yeah. I know. At that point, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> so this is, yeah, this is all an interview within the last year from Papadopoulos and how he says he claims he was set up. But all these people, like, are supposedly Russian agents anyway. Like the people that that worked with him. Yeah. Um. All. It, it, it's just a mindfuck, is what it is. Because yeah. there's supposedly collusion with Russia, but the people that like 
claimed that there's collusion with Russia were assets, possibly. Right. Yeah. Like that, Russian that, or even CIA assets. Yeah. That that's what I heard is that not heard, that's what I read, was um that some of Trump's people um they were they were told like or they were they were told to to meet with mm -hmm. this uh Russian ambassador. Right. Uh, kiosk, I think is his name. And um but what they what they didn't tell him was that he, the guy was being like surveyed by mm -hmm. the FBI and CIA. So when it, he went and met with them, it made it look super shady. Right. You know, and gave the appearance of collusion. Yeah, well, there was the FBI guy that came and he basically do, they do this for all um for all presidential candidates. They come down and kind of give their spiel like possible like foreign agents and like this and that and like beware of this and that. And then Trump's team answering those questions, mm -hmm. they used that as part of the investigation. So they were right. kind of investigating it while they were doing this like investigation. Uh, while they were just supposed to be giving them like Yeah. Like just kind of giving them an update on what to expect. They were investigating at the same time. Yeah. We are not like the most knowledgeable people on this, but we're going to explain it in like as much layman's terms as we can. Yeah. So we know a lot of you might know a lot more than this than we do. I'm sorry, but we're just going off of what we know. Um, then there's the FISA warrant, which right. supposedly didn't come from Papadopoulos at all. It came from this uh, other guy, this Carter Page. Okay. Um, Carter Page was, he's an American petroleum industry consultant, and he was a policy, a foreign policy advisor to Donald Trump's campaign. And um, this guy had more ties to Russia, apparently, and this guy was kind of being followed. And this is what got the FISA warrant, where oh, okay. they could go look into the stuff because, because of his connection with Russia mm -hmm. and all this stuff. One of the things that was not disclosed when they got this warrant was Page had already, he had all these Russian connections and stuff, he had already disclosed some of this stuff to the CIA, like right. all the all these dealings or the these um, communications that he had. He had disclosed this to the CIA, and they didn't put that in when they applied for the warrant oh. because they said they needed the warrant because of some of these dealings or some of these um, connections that he had. But he had already disclosed this stuff, they so knew about he it. really didn't need that. So they didn't yeah. put that in the warrant, right? And so there was a lot of misleading there, and this. This, like I said, day one, they're trying to take down Trump. Yeah. Why are they trying to take down Trump? Why Why did this big Russian collusion thing come up in the first place? Yeah. I I don't know because I, I have speculation that even from his camp, watching his original like campaign like announcement when he was saying that he was going to pull us out of wars and Hillary just wants us to have perpetual wars and stuff, mm -hmm. it just tells me that there is a lot of... Um, people with in like interest in wars like oh, the, the military industrial multi-billion dollar industry i think he pissed people off from day one oh, from sure that announcement saying hey we're going to be done with this we're going to put yeah. be done with foreign um interventions and we're going to focus here in our country and that had a lot of people like pissing themselves a lot of people that made a ton of money off wars oh yeah absolutely absolutely
Um, so I have here, this is um, Codename Crossfire Hurricane. That's just the most badass name. I know. And There's somebody that sits down and comes up oh with badass. Gosh. Yes. Badass. Yeah, and we um, need him on our team. Names. We do. <laughs> um, we need him just to name our episodes. Yes, we do. We do. Um, so, uh, yeah, so uh, campaign uh, Trump's campaign uh, ties to Russia in the summer of 2016. FBI dispatched agents to meet with the Australian ambassador, Alexander Downer, yeah. um, to describe his meeting with campaign George Papadopoulos. I did better than you. You did much better. The agents summarized an uh, unusual interview um, that uh, a year ago um, they had met with um, him. Uh, this was days after they closed their investigation into the Hillary Clinton email server, um, scrutinizing the campaign of the Republicans' rival. Um, let's see. The Justice Department Inspector General is expected to release findings on its lengthy review of the FBI conduct in the Clinton case. Uh, Coney publicly chastised Clinton about, uh, you know, not doing her email responsibly. Mm -hmm. um, and so... They um, set this dude up, like we talked about, to meet with the Russian ambassador, knowing that he was being watched. Um, they already knew the information, but they wanted to get him, again, in meetings with this guy. Yeah. So then, apparently, the CIA told Obama that Hillary's trying to stir shit up. Yeah. Um, John Ratcliffe, uh, former or director of national intelligence... Uh, it said that um, a Hillary Clinton ordered a campaign plan to stir up a scandal by linking Trump to Russia. And this stuff just came out yeah, just this late this month. Yeah, this month. September 29th yeah. is the article I have. That um, according to Russian intelligence, um, Hillary Clinton orchestrated the collusion hoax to distract from her email. So this is coming from Russian intel. So. If Trump even like mentions it in his campaign, here oh goes here goes yeah. Russian collusion. Oh, all Putin's over again. coming to bail Trump out. Right, right, right. Anyway, keep going. Sorry. Oh, okay. No, it's okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, he disclosed the information in a letter published by Senator Lindsey Graham just hours before Trump's debate uh, with Joe Biden. Clinton alleged July 2016 plot would tar Trump by tying him to Putin and the Russian hacking of the Democratic National Committee. Ratcliffe wrote Graham, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, handwritten notes by then CIA director John Brennan, who now is a fiery anti-Trump commentator, says that Brennan briefed Obama on alleged approval by Hillary Clinton on July 26, 2016, of a proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Trump by stirring up scandal, claiming interference by Russian security services. So from what I heard after that, Trump has said that, well, Screw this. We're opening up all the classified documents. Mm -hmm. We want everybody to see what's going on. Yeah, he wants all the redacted information to come out. Right. And somebody had, well, he had retweeted somebody else's post. I'm not even sure. It was just some commentator guy that said, if, you, if we release them all redacted, um, he is basically completely exonerated. And these people, like, Clinton and Obama, they'll like we'll see like a level of criminality involved, which obviously that's a one sided thing. That's a right. biased opinion there right. too. I don't know if if Obama, I I I think Obama knew about it. Yeah, and whether or not he like played a part in it, 
I could yeah. see it happening. Sure. I, yeah. I, I could see him. He, he's too smart to like Connect actually. To it. Exactly. It's kind of like plausible deniability. Russia. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Right. Well, the Mueller report came out and the Mueller report is, um, I'm sure you all are aware of all of this. I would hope you know at least a little bit of it. But um, there's like a two-year investigation from a special counsel person. He's supposed to be supposed to be non-biased and just mm -hmm. all he does is goes and investigates it. He doesn't come up with the with the results like a punishment or anything like that. He just gives all this information to Congress. Yeah. And the re Mueller report basically said there's nothing really connecting Trump to it, but that's not saying there's not something right. there. And yeah. so, which is still like. I don't know. It's like saying, well, he may have said something bad and he may not have. Well, there's no proof that he did, but right. there's no proof that he didn't. Is basically right. So, yeah, exactly. So, so I guess my question is, all this is pointing at Trump, but it's not in any way focusing on the dirt that Russia had. I want right. to know what the dirt is myself. Right. Yeah. Yes, I, I get that it's illegal that for them to go to foreign entities to to get dirt on a political right. campaign but my focus more is what the hell did they have on her that was right. so bad that they that they when it kept covered up so much mm -hmm. and yeah like i said it's it's illegal to go to a foreign entity to help get dirt right however the the dossier dossier how do you pronounce that dossier dossier why is there an r in it it's freaking french, french people it's french. Um, the dossier was conducted by an MI6 agent. It was right. written by an MI6 agent. What's the difference? Right. She went, the Clinton campaign paid for this do dossier to be written. Yes, they denied it, denied, denied, denied. And then finally, somebody came out with like undeniable proof that the DNC and the Clinton campaign single-handedly funded this dossier mm -hmm. investigation to be written by an MI6 agent. Right. Or former or something, but yeah. still a foreign entity. Right. Yes, I get they're, yeah. they're an ally, but it's still a foreign entity. Exactly. Digging up dirt on a political opponent. What's yeah. the difference? No, you're absolutely right. I don't understand. I don't see the difference. Maybe I'm just not, I, I don't know well, federal just, law enough. Or, it, but it, it goes along with the hypocrisy of this, this outrage that foreign countries are trying to manipulate U.S. elections. When the U.S. government manipulates elections all the time, you know, it's like there, there's this outrage, like, how dare they? And then they do it, you know, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, am I happy about it? No, I'm not happy about it, but it's the reality of the world we live in. Like you said, the the whole investigation is being investigated now, currently, right. and I, I think it was the Mueller report that came out and said that the FBI's investigation was non-biased. It wasn't a That's political and Peter Strzok admittedly said this was the insurance plan if oh, yeah. if trump wins this is our insurance plan but it, it fell through it did yeah and it so, completely fell through but just for him to say an fbi agent the oh, yeah. lead fbi well, agent in it to say yeah. this is our insurance plan that's biased yeah. right there well, immediately fbi you know comey i mean susan rice i mean they all knew about it you know they were all complicit in this yeah. and you know they were still i mean they what was it they said that you know Clinton and Obama, they weaponized, you know, the IRS and they weaponized the FBI to use as against a political rival. Mm -hmm. And yet, for some reason, Trump is the, the big bad guy here. Right. 
for digging up this dirt when they were using our own federal um our own federal assets to dig up dirt on a political opponent purely for political gain absolutely yeah i mean yeah to turn a federal agency into a political tool that yeah. that's disgusting to me yeah absolutely and then came the impeachment because after after the Mueller report didn't work, they had to dig up something else. So here again, yeah. one thing ended what mid last year. The next thing, like November December of last year, impeachment came out. Right. And, um, you you had a thing about the guy who wrote the yeah. articles. Yeah. So first of all, like um, November seventeenth, two thousand sixteen, right after Trump was elected, right. This is uh, from the Politico. David Brock gathering donors to kick Donald Trump's ass. It says Hillary Clinton's attack dog, David Brock, is launching his own Koch Brothers-like donor network to finance attacks on President-elect Donald Trump and rebuild the political left after Trump's stunning victory. Brock on Thursday night emailed more than 200 of his biggest donors on the left, including George Soros, Tom Steyer, Donald Sussman, inviting them to a retreat in Palm Beach over inauguration weekend to assess what Democrats did wrong in 2016, figure out how to correct it, and raise cash for those initiatives. This will be the gathering the gathering for Democratic donors from across the country to hear from a broad and diverse group of leaders about the next steps for progressives under the Trump administration. The retreat planned as the first in a series of regular gatherings will feature appearances as an array of Democratic elected officials, operatives, and liberal thinkers, and group officials, Brock explained in an interview. So, um, Brock is a self-described right-wing hitman turned Clinton enforcer, has used his relationship with some of the left's deepest pockets to build an armada of aggressive political outfits that have become pillars of the institutional left and have raised a combined $65 million during the 2016 cycle. Brock's groups include the conservative media monitoring nonprofit profit Media Matters, the opposition research Super PAC, American Bridge, and the legal watchdog Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. Other groups in the network include the liberal media funding vehicle American Independent Institute, the media training nonprofit uh, Franklin Forum, and the for-profit. Um, basically, this is the G.I. Joe of liberal uh, organizations. This is the best of the best here. Yeah, Coming together and brainstorming how to take out Trump. So what they came up with was this plan. Um, called the um, Democracy Matters, and it's a it's a whole game plan for taking out Trump. And it's, number one of that is um, to yeah, try, let me pull that up. Yep. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go through this whole thing. Um, it's 49 pages. Play it out or take it out. But here are some excerpts from it. It says Trump will be defeated either through impeachment or the ballot box. Now, this was written, again, within a couple weeks of Trump winning. Okay, so they were already game planning to try to impeach the guy. Uh, it says Trump will be affected by a steady flow of damaging information, new revelations, and an inability to avoid conflict issues. For as long as Trump maintains his ethically untenable position of keeping his business empire in the family, while serving as president, Crew, which is the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, will relentlessly probe his global conflicts of interest and administration ethics problems through aggressive use of research, open records requests and legal action, and FOIA litigation. 
says here, we have the mandate. Together we won the popular vote and Democrats picked up seats in the Senate and the House. Trump is the least popular incoming president in modern history and the outgoing president, Obama, and popular vote winner, Hillary, are again the most admired man and woman in this nation. Admired? Hillary yeah, right. Clinton was the most admired woman in right. the nation? The country did not vote for Trump-style change, so they feel like they have a mandate. So <clears throat> it says right there, that says everything right there, that last line. The country did not vote for Trump-style change. Right. They wanted business as usual, and Trump came in from day one saying, it's not going to be that way. We're yeah. going to do things different. And they are instantly started shitting their pants. Like, oh, yeah. All of a sudden, our... Money-making schemes that have been making, what, politicians millionaires? Somehow they make $100,000 a year, yeah. $150,000 a year, turning them into millionaires. All this all this business-as-usual stuff, they're afraid that's going to go out the window with, with this outsider, Donald Trump. Yep. And yep. they, he wasn't a guy, I guess, that was controlled by this political machine. freaking machine. Yeah. 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 And so it immediately scared them. Yeah. And they first went from they had no no intent of this guy ever even becoming a serious candidate. Right. Because he was up against what like who who was he running against? Like Ted Cruz, um uh oh uh Rand Paul. Yeah. Um and uh Jeb Bush. Yeah, Jeb. <laughs> but please, please but clap. again, the media orchestrated Trump's win. Mm. I mean, if you if I remember I'd get pissed off watching the debates. And the media always they they fluffed Trump, you know they they always laughed. Oh, Trump, he just he just runs that yeah. room, you know. Oh, and yeah. I mean they fluffed him up and they played down everybody else. Well, and I think it backfired him because oh, it they were making him a joke, and, oh, yeah. he, and he turned into the most popular thing because oh, yeah. he was the, the but big joke. I think they wanted him to be the Republican candidate because he was the guy that Hillary could beat easily in an election. Right. So they fluffed him up, and then when he became the nominee. They tried to tear him down. Oh, yeah. all of a sudden he's a you know sexual abuse. So all of a sudden he's grabbing women by the whatever, mm -hmm. and you know and and all this information came out after he became the nominee, which I called. Yeah, and they figured Hillary was going to run right over this guy. Mm -hmm. But like you said, he became so popular, it backfired on him. He yeah. beat her right, and they were not counting on that. She yeah. it was her turn. Yeah, yep. And so he was this threat, this change that. They didn't want to change the way this is because, yeah. as we've said before, the both sides are basically two sides of the same coin. Right. So um, who's this outsider coming in that's going to mess up our business as usual? Right, right. So they came up with this game plan, which, you know, again, is partly funded by the um, Open Society Institute, which is uh, George Soros funded. I hate to say that name because it's kind of cliche. Right. Um, but um, they came up with this idea to do what kind of a, an impromptu color revolution, right, which is something that the Obama administration actually became pretty good at. So mm -hmm. they did it in Ukraine. They did it in um, the Arab Spring. They did it in Georgia, right. uh, not the state. Yeah. And um, and they ended up, um, you know, over trying to overthrow these governments, overthrowing this government. And it's been going on put in their political puppet right exactly and it's been i mean it, these kind of revolutions have been going on for for decades but they perfected it with these last couple right and we talked about some of these a couple of weeks right. ago yeah yeah because we talked about how it just seemed really similar to like the arab spring mm -hmm. so the name uh, the uh, architects um norman norman eisen 
and Michael McFall. They're um, they both worked for Obama. Okay, uh, Norman Eisen was, uh, ironically enough, Obama's ethics czar, and Michael McFall was the ambassador to Ukraine. Um, McFall wrote a book, Revolution in Orange, which talks about the revolution in Ukraine. Norman Eisen... Um, Is that a play on Trump, the revolution? <laughs> you know what? It might be. Maybe that was key. Maybe that was their key word, actually, for the revolution against Trump, revolution in orange. Yeah, I <laughs> could see it. So um, Norman Eisen, actually, he helped found with George Soros' crew, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. He wrote the Demo uh, Democracy Playbook and was the lead prosecutor, actually, in Donald Trump's impeachment. Um, he wrote the book Case for American People, U.S. versus Trump, and he drafted the articles for impeachment a month before Nancy Pelosi actually announced they were going to try to impeach Trump. So he had this in the works already. Oh, yeah. This has been in the works for a long time. He probably had them written up long before that. They just needed oh, – they I'm just sure. left a blank. He is guilty of blank, and they just left yeah. blanks and just fill, fill in blank here. It's like one of, the, one of those um, – puzzle books where you had to like put <laughs> verb here put adjective here exactly well it says here so when democrats took back the house and the uh, representatives in 2018 the judiciary uh, committee hired norm eisen he'd been the white house ethics czar and u.s ambassador to the czech republic during the obama administration and he showed up for work for congress he started preparing the possibility the possibility that the House might impeach Trump, because that's what I do on my time off. Mm -hmm. You know, we might impeach somebody, so I'm going to come up with the articles of impeachment. Right. Well, just, just in case. Just in case we need to do this. Well, like you were saying, they had this in the works since 2016. Oh, yeah. well, like, and they were using whatever they could, because yeah. on that um, little playbook they had, it was just based on, well, he won't give up his family's business wealth right. or whatever. He yeah. won't set that aside or whatever. So, so they were using that against him. Then it became... The, the FISA stuff, the Russia collusion stuff, yep. and then that didn't stick. So then it turned into um, this whole uh, Ukraine stuff with yep. uh, with Biden's son, the, yeah. the phone call. That, <laughs> that's what the uh, impeachment finally came from was the right. phone call to uh, the president of Ukraine. So, like I said, it was just a big fill in the blanks thing. Yeah. It's just like, well, what, we'll write yeah. it all up. Yeah. And well, just, and we you just got to wait for something to drop in that blank. You can find the article here. Um, it's from the NPR, and it's just uh, Norm Eisen says he drafted 10 articles of impeachment a month before inquiry. And it goes through the whole list of articles that he thought he had Trump on. Um, that, you know. Um, Is he kind of like. Um, Oh, what's his name? Uh, Tom Arnold. Remember when Tom Arnold did the oh my gosh, yes. search for the Trump tapes? It sounds yeah. <laughs> like this guy was searching for the Trump. The, yeah. the, he, he was reaching for sure. Yeah. So, um, and, and I had told you before, I thought it was interesting that Obama's the only U.S. president that has not left Washington, D.C. Yeah. And so it would not surprise me if he is kind of helping to direct things. He's the puppet master. He's the puppet master. Or at least... Maybe he's one of the strings of the puppet. Yeah, there's. I I don't even think Obama's the puppet master. No, I don't he's think he is either. Maybe maybe part of the the wooden thing that holds right. the puppet. Yeah, he's, he, he's he was being controlled too. Probably the guy that they were like, you know, you're pretty good at this, so why don't you go ahead and take this? Um, he's 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 good speaker. He's good at yeah. Oh, he's and, a good manipulator. Yeah, like I told you, I mean, he's probably the best damn poker player I've ever seen. I yeah. Mean, oh yeah. The way yeah. he can distract over here while doing this over here. And, I mean, it's just, uh, it's uncanny. Kamala Harris could take some pointers. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, um, so all this going on, 
has been in the works. Yeah. It's been rolling. This ball has just been rolling yeah. for years now. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned to you, we we got this narrative that's come out really strong lately that Trump's not going to concede the election. Right. Right. They they've been like, made since Nancy did it what back in 2019. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, she yeah. she first made that announcement back in 2019. Yeah. And May we, of 2019. You and I talked about it last May. We were like, you know, it's really interesting they keep saying that Trump is going to have to be forced yeah, out of office. Starting this narrative, getting right. this narrative. Apparently, she started this a year and a half ago back before it was really even a big thing back yeah. before um the primaries were re- really even kicked off fully like she she created this narrative that hey Trump's not going to concede the election what do we do if he doesn't like what happens he this is just the type of person he is he, he won't do this and so started that narrative mm-hmm. to get people th- thinking that Trump's going to be this tyrant that's going to not step down. And Trump didn't do himself any favors because he no. joked around about it. He's yeah. just like, I'll be the first one to go like 20 years as president. Yeah, I mean, right. just just, I know. just yeah. joking around. But right. obviously people take that shit seriously. Absolutely. And they're like, well, well, he's got this in his head that he's going to do away with whatever mm. whatever amendments that, yeah. that puts term limits on the president. Right, yeah. Yeah, well, so this uh, this is an excerpt from the Democracy Playbook written by Norm Eisen. Again, you can find it online. It says, if justified, opposition leaders may also choose to pursue more extreme institutional measures available to them, such as impeachment processes, votes of no confidence, and recall referenda. To raise the profile of their campaign against democratic erosion, opposition leaders can also utilize extra institutional tools engaging in or encouraging, for example, Protests, strikes, boycotts in conjunction with civil society. I haven't seen any of this shit. I know, right? No, not at all. It's Impeachments. all been, exactly. Um, it's all been working. Not necessarily vote of no confidence, but this not whole yet. article uh, or amendment twenty five would yeah. basically be a vote of no confidence yep. if she's having a panel, like trying to put together a panel, yeah, does to declare that he's not fit or yeah. whoever, not him, but whoever future presidents aren't fit to be president that's right virtually a vote of no confident absolutely yeah. uh you got your protests which we have said for months have been mm-hmm. orchestrated politically orchestrated and motivated from yeah. day one well and they're they're pushing the 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 covid you know yeah. because they want you to they want you to vote by mail they don't want you to go in right. person it's easier to manipulate mail-in votes despite what people say it is right and like we've heard, I think they throw out like 20 to 30% of those votes. Well, we've seen so many um, instances where like votes have just been thrown in the trash. Right. Or harvested or whatever. I actually saw a an article today saying that there was Republicans set up a a fake vote box or something to harvest votes or, or something. So it doesn't yeah. sound like it's a one-sided thing at all. No, like, I, I, yeah, I don't like think Like they set up like a fake um box for people to put put their votes in and yeah it'd be so easy to manipulate just like a mail-in vote thing like that where before it was you had to go there you had to prove who you were i guess um you Mm. went into a specific spot you couldn't talk to anybody you went behind the curtain did your vote thing you left here with mail-ins you just drop them wherever and trump's a horrible person for suggesting that that might oh yeah there might be foul play there right it'd be so easy for Especially if they come in their own like specific envelopes, which I'm sure they have a mail back envelope. Oh, I, I've gotten I've gotten some in the mail, yeah. and I I've been ignoring them. Yeah, because it's like I'm not going to vote by mail. I'm going to go right. in person and. Vote. I mean, how hard would it be for 
somebody from either side. Oh yeah. A mailman to be like, nope. Yeah. Nope. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or even you know anybody could send me a ballot in the mail and right. be like, here, you know, here's your ballot. You know, vote and send it back. And yeah. you know, then I think I've done it and I don't go back and vote again. You right. Know? Yeah. And there's so many possibilities, you know. Um, but if you follow the the whole playbook, you know, they're they're gonna try to discredit election results. They're mm-hmm. gonna try to make it very chaotic. Um, it already is. Oh, I know it is, but it's gonna be even worse. You know, if if Trump wins by a landslide, there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. You know? But their hopes is that it's gonna be really close, and then they're gonna start protesting against Trump to get him out. Right. And, and he's already said that you know he's not gonna leave office. And if, if there's an issue if it's with not the votes, a clear cut issue. right, of course he's not going to concede. Yeah. You know, so it's just, and Hillary told Biden, she's like, whatever you do, don't concede. Yeah. So you know, what's so, the difference? <laughs> I know, exactly. Well, I mean, it's again, the same thing. It's just like, well, you don't concede, but if he says he's not going to concede, yeah. he's a, he's a tyrant. He's yeah. a, he's Hitler incarnate. Yeah. And, and like you said, if, the, if they were so sure that Joe was the guy, uh-huh. none of this would be necessary. Well, the, the thing is they keep releasing these polls that show he's up biden's up by like 15 right. 20 points right yet we have this still this giant push like this this power grab from pelosi it's just like obviously they're more scared than oh, yeah. what they're they're well, saying they are I, i've heard that polls from polling from like um latinos and african-americans are the highest for trump than they've ever been for any republican really? That's scary for them, I would think. Oh, absolutely, because that's their bread and butter. So, so again, they're and, they're terrified. And actually, Trump has been doing – he's stumping for Latino votes, which mm-hmm. I don't think any Republican's ever done. Really? I think – yeah. So so his he must be seeing something in the polling as well. They are so scared that a group of, like, high-ups, like, you got certain politicians, you have um, former politicians, former – AIDS, like what? What's the dude's name? Uh, the the Clinton guy? Oh, Brock. No, um, oh. the guy that was accused of being the PizzaGate pedophile guy. Oh, uh, um, a Podesta. Podesta, John Podesta. Yeah, all these people, they're they're so worried that they they enacted this war game scenario. I saw like that. whether or not, like different scenarios of if um Biden should win or if Trump wins. Again, the the electoral vote, but not the popular vote, right. and they they played out all these scenarios, and <clears throat> just to see like what would happen, you know, mm. just just so they had an idea of what would happen. It was not biased at all, even no, though it was no. all Democrats and Republicans who were basically like always never Trumpers. Yeah. Um, let me see if I can find that. War Games you know, article. And, and it's interesting that they, they're so upset that Trump's not committing to a peaceful transition because the last election hasn't been a peaceful transition. They've been trying to get him out of office right, since right. he was elected, you know? Right. It's been, on, like we said, ongoing since day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet we have this ethical trans... What was the name of that group? The Oh, uh, tr- uh, Transition Integrity Project. Yeah, that's the group that put on this freaking... Uh, this war game scenario. Hang yeah. on just a sec while I find this. Yeah. And, and and these guys are, I mean, again, their their sole duty is to get Trump kicked out of office to make sure he is right. out. So, yeah, it's hardly a bipartisan fair group. Um, 
look up these okay, groups that we're talking about and some of these articles because it is staggering kind of how far they're going. This is not conspiracy theory stuff. Right. So this is from the soapbox. I'm not sure if how legit of a source that is, but or it's newrepublic.com and it's in their section called the soapbox, I guess. So let me pull this up. It's called the ridiculous wargaming of the 2020 election. Trump's opponents are so concerned that he might steal the election that they have forgotten to worry that he might simply win it. Says commentators have worried from the moment his presidency began that Trump might challenge the 2020 election results or even stay in the White House in the event of a loss. Anxieties about this are so palpable in the press that Trump has joked about it from time to time, like I said. Um, says... On Tuesday, Daily Beast reported that a coalition of progressive groups calling itself the Democracy Defense Nerve Center meant last week to develop a game plan. They need that guy who comes up with the cool names. Democracy (laughs) Defense Nerve Center. (laughs) Over the course of two hours, participants... Only two hours? They came up with all this in two hours? Wow. Why are they smoking? Participants broached the question of what the progressive political ecosystem can functionally do in a series of election scenarios. The Beast Sam Stein wrote, They began charting out what it would take to stand up a multi-state communications arm to fight disinformation. That doesn't sound... No, not at all. Devious. (laughs) A a multi-state communication arm to fight disinformation. That sounds like something (laughs) straight out of 1984. Serious. Go back to our 1984 episode and listen to it. It's early on in the show's history, but this sounds like it's straight from that. Um, A training program for nonviolent civil disobedience, so state-sponsored training program for civil (laughs) disobedience, and the underpinnings of what one official described as mass civil unrest. Um, Let's see. says the Atlantic's Ron Brownstein, the post-election... Protests defending a full vote count might resemble the Black Lives Matter protest on steroids. Great. That's what we need. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's, let's see what it says. Hang on. Hang on. It says, of course, the fact that Trump ultimately prevailed in a clean and constitutionally legitimate electric, electoral college victory then doesn't invalidate alarm about Trump's willingness to wreak havoc now. Not even victory prevented him from (laughs) alleging that mass voter fraud had been conducted in 2016. He's absolutely certain to to publicly challenge the results of this year's election, no matter who ultimately wins. It says... um, he says Donald Trump might win the election just as he did in 2016. By the time the counts are done, he might, or he comes out gen- genuinely ahead in the states he needs to win the electoral college again. What happens then? For the past several months, a number of articles on what awaits us in November have referenced war games conducted by the Transition Integrity Project, which is who you kind of talked about, a kind of pop-up think tank on the election, it counts over a hundred academics, political operatives, government officials, and pundits as members, including former Republican National Committee Chairman Michael Steele, former Democratic National Committee Acting Chair Donna Brazil. Ugh. 
I'm guessing you don't like her. <laughs> no. uh, Weekly Standard founder Bill Kristol and Hillary Clinton's former campaign manager John Podesta. After Trump refused to commit to conceding during... The I mean, that is literally the deep state right there. Right. I mean, if there is a definition... If there is a deep state, that's them. After Trump refused to commit to conceding during the last debate in 2016, Podesta condemned him, saying, Trump's remarks had been a tremendous mistake. During the Transition Integrity Project's simulation of this election in June, Podesta played Joe Biden, who'd won the popular vote but lost the Electoral College, just as Clinton did. He refused to concede. In that scenario, this is my favorite. This is my favorite scenario. of all of them. Okay. California, Oregon, and Washington then threatened to secede from the United States if Mr. Trump took office as planned. I'm good with that. I'm too. I, I, I'd Go cut him loose. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're causing a third of the problems of the United States right? anyway. Yeah. Can we ship all the liberals over there? It says the House named... And does this sound like it would po be possible? The House named Biden as president. The Senate and White House stuck with Trump. I could see that definitely I can see being that a thing. Too, yeah. At that point in the scenario, the nation stopped looking to the media for cues and waited to see what the military would do. That's a fantastic idea. Yeah, that would be great. A report from the group describes what happened in more detail. California, Oregon, and Washington threatened to secede. But in order to extract a set of concessions from Trump and the Republicans, so yeah. they were they were just it was a power play thing. Right. They didn't so, actually. Well, want well to. we're going to leave if you guys don't uh, admit that Biden's the leader. According to their their role playing here, with the advice from President Obama, of course, that this the patron say to this guy, Democrats. they went to him for advice in this this like um, role Solomon. play. The Biden campaign submitted a proposal to number one give statehood to Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico, and divide California into five states to more accurately represent its population in the Senate. So, what would the reason for that be? Because that adds 14 members of Senate, and it's in predominantly, besides Puerto Rico, right. predominantly blue states. Yeah, right. So that adds, at le in the very least, 12 Democratic Senators. Right. Yeah. And a perpetual majority. Number two. Uh, no. Number three was require the Supreme Court justices to retire at 70. Well, they weren't screaming this when um, freaking Ruth Bader Ginsburg right, yeah. was like drooling on the freaking podium. <laughs> right. But now that they don't have the majority anymore, right, hey, yeah. let's put a retirement yeah. age and absolutely how many of the republicans are pushing close to that i don't even know their ages they're, but it's got to be pushing pretty that. close i'm sure number four eliminate the electoral college of course the 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 thorn in the democrats right to ensure that the candidate who wins to the popular vote becomes president so if that scenario happens and they get this where they want to eliminate the electoral college does that undo that trump's president and make biden like yeah, yeah, we won't. Right. Basically, it's saying we won't concede yeah. if Trump's not president. Is basically right. what that's saying. But, right. But but you know, here's the thing. Again, we're not a democracy. Yeah. We don't go by majority rule. Yeah. We're a representative democracy, which right. means right. You know, so, and there's reasons for that. Absolutely, because otherwise, California and New York would run and, the whole country. And Chicago. And you're right. And nobody wants that shit show. Right. That would that we would all our politics would be based on, like. Yes, it's 
a vast majority of the population, but it's a small percentage of the overall right. ideology of, of the, the country. country. Right. So it says this is practically surrealism. Joe Biden and Democratic states are not going to threaten to break up the United States this November. Again, bye, Felicia. Secession was proposed because secession was evidently the only means they could conceive for extracting structural concession from the Republicans after a Trump victory. So it's basically, this is the only way we can get what we want yeah, is by threatening right. succession. That's yeah. the only thing they could come up with yeah. in this think tank. Now, now and there are people like role-playing this oh, yeah. as real life. Oh, yeah. Like predominant people. So so if if this were to happen... Would Trump care? Would Trump be like, wait, 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 don't, don't leave? I think Trump would call their bluff. And be oh, like, I think he would too. Be like, all right, see ya. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, like, wh where are you gonna go? Yeah, right, exactly. Basically, what he did with like Portland It's just oh, yeah. like, you either for us or you do your own thing. I'll just yeah. stop funding you, right. federally funding. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like you said, those three states are shit shows as it is. So it's like, you know, good, good luck. So I mean we're we're pushing our time here, yeah. so we we got to wrap this up. There's so much information here. There's yeah. so much going on there, in my head of yeah. <laughs> what could play out here. Well, what and what's out. interesting is um, there's been other people that have called this this whole thing out, right? Yeah. And and the war game and what the strategy is going to be. And one of the things they said is that social media outlets and news media outlets are not only will they not proclaim like a winner. But right. they will they will block anybody who tries Facebook to say. Facebook announced this. Oh yeah, Facebook has announced it. Twitter has announced it. They're going to block anybody on election night that comes out and tries to declare a winner or says the election is either way. We should just blow up our feed. Just oh, Trump uh, wins. Trump yeah. wins. Trump wins. Trump wins. <laughs> Trump wins. Just over and over and over yeah. and over. Yeah. Or just Joe. We'll just put Joe Jorgensen wins. There we go. Joe. Joe wins. <laughs> Joe. 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 They Joe. might be like, you know, we'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, this is four years to try to take this guy out, and yeah. that's all they're they've done. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like they've literally done nothing. That, that else. has literally been what they've been. That's it. Eighty percent of why we were so late and reacting to COVID it was because of the impeachment trials Absolutely. that went through February. Yeah. And how many millions of dollars have they blown trying to get Trump out of office? Right. Our dollars. Our yeah. our right. Our tax dollars. Right. Yeah. Instead of just. Going with it and saying, "Hey, better luck yeah. in four years from right. now," because oh, yeah. they're they're scared of him. They're they pissing are. their pants, scared of they him. They are because he's not one of their their players. He's and not I, one of their guys. Like I said, this year they've cashed in all their chips against him, oh, and yeah. so just imagine if he wins. What what's the oh, retribution well, again, going to they're, be they're against them? Burn, burn down the house. No, I mean what's what's his retribution towards oh, them? Yeah. <laughs> look at the guys that worked for. Trump or worked in the White House or what have you that were witnesses in his impeachment trial. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fired immediately. Oh, yeah. They were gone the you next day. Him, as soon as he was acquitted, oh, yeah. they were gone. And they were like, oh, he shouldn't have done that. Fuck yeah, he should have. Yeah. I would have fired his ass too. Yeah. He just said, I, I, I can't trust these guys. And obviously yeah. he can't. So fired him. So imagine all these powerful people that have cashed in all their chips against yeah. him. What happens when they lose? Right. I mean, yeah, it's going to be hell, and that's just going to make them say he's even more of a tyrant. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's just a it's a nightmare, and yeah, who who I I never would have guessed in in my entire life that I would see 
the American. I mean, I guess it was due. I guess yeah. it was due. It's been what yeah. two hundred and seventy four years. Two hundred. Yeah. It, it. I guess we're due for something like this to get yeah. happen. So right. I mean, we got it. You consume yourself right. for the most part, and they say that about like all democracies. Like, just usually end up like consuming themselves. Mm-hmm. Like you basically vote yourself out of a democracy right. after so many years, and yeah. we're long overdue with that. Yeah, that just seems to be what people want. Right, it's like we don't want this anymore. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what they were saying was, or have been saying, is that you know Obama was pushing us towards like almost a socialist democracy. Uh huh. Hillary was supposed to take us the next step. Yeah. And so when Hillary didn't make it, well, maybe that's why Bernie hasn't had a chance because there was supposed to be a step. That might be, yeah. It was Obama, then Hillary, and then full-blown Bernie. Right, or in, in this case, Kamala. That's true. Bernie's kind of... Bernie, I don't think he's going to make it now. to the next yeah. one. Yeah. I don't think he will either. Yeah, but I, so that's one of the other... And then Trump comes in and he reverses most of the you know executive Obama orders that stuff. Obama had done, all the regulations and stuff, and it's like, shit, now we yeah. got to start over from scratch. Yeah, they weren't ready for um, the Trump... Trump changes, right. like yeah. like I said, they weren't ready yeah. for that. This is not the change that America wanted. They yeah. did not want the Trump way. But it's not what America necessarily America didn't want. It's what they didn't want because they have this comfy lifestyle oh, that yeah. they have set up that's worked so well for them. And he came out day one saying he was going to drain the swamp. Yeah, I, I mean I, that alone was enough for it to. I w- I would love for Trump to come out in the next if he wins and be like, um, okay, we're I'm going to put out there for term limits. Yeah, um, and it's time. You guys have been here too long. It's time to clean house. I I'm okay with that. Oh, I would love that. If, if, if he came out and said that that was on his platform, I might actually vote for. The I guy. would too. I would be like. <laughs> Heck, let's sign do me it. up. Yeah, <laughs> let's get some of these 45-year yeah. congressmen out of office. Yeah. That that all they do is battle against each right. other. These they don't, lifelong politicians. They don't fight for us. They fight against each other and for mm-hmm. themselves yep. and for each other. So yeah. anyway, we've been talking about kind of this narrative for a while, so we just decided yeah. to want to throw it out there. I mean, it's just like kind of us, us vomiting at you because right. – just things we see, you know, that don't make sense to us, like the whole reaction to COVID. Yeah. You know, it does not make sense, you know, the, again, 0.06% death rate that people are, are so deathly. Right, I, thought, right. I saw someone on Facebook today. He posted a, um, um, a picture of Iowa, and it said Iowa has reached 100,000 positive cases of COVID. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Iowa, I'm so sorry it's come to this. Oh, wow. And it's like, sorry it's come to what? Yeah. I had a great summer. I went I to the too. beach. Yeah. I went to some movies. I went to Adventureland. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just all blown out of proportion. But it, but, but if you put it all together, if you're oh, looking at that playbook that you read. It's if all that, by design. If that's legit, yep. which I haven't dug too much as much as you into it. But if it's legit, yeah. it all makes sense. Oh, the yeah. riots, the protests make sense. Yeah. The, the freaking impeachment articles make sense. Yeah. All this stuff just—it's straight out of a playbook. Absolutely, and it, and and, it, and and that's what it, it plays. I mean, that's what it looks like on yeah. paper. Is it, it's all it's all schemed out. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, what's the next step? Is my question. Yeah, like what is their proposed plan? Because right, you if you want to get really conspiratorial, you look at like what was it? Agenda twenty something. Oh, twenty one. Yeah. yeah, which. I mean that gets super crazy, yeah. like this new world order shit, and right. we can we can really get crazy into it. And that's another thing is if there is this new world order type thing that certain people are pushing towards, 
Trump's completely against that. Oh, absolutely. Well, his yeah. whole America First stance blew that out oh, the yeah. window. Oh, well, and again, that, that alone would be enough to yeah. piss people off. He backtracked everything. I mean, you know, pulling out of the World Health Organization. Yep. Reducing uh, funding from not only um, um, or pulling out of NAFTA. Yeah. I mean, I yep. mean, redoing the TPP trade deals. I mean, he's blowing the whole thing out of the water. Yep. So. Oh. We got a lot to look forward to at this election. <laughs> Good luck. I know. My birthday is the week after that. It's like, man, I hope things kind of hold together so well, I can have a nice party. I hope we can make it to that. <laughs> right? Uh, Not in a bunker. I think that's all the time we have for tonight, though. Um, let us know some of your thoughts on this stuff. Um, comment. Uh, hit us up in uh, yeah. the forum, uh, the Break the Bell forum on Facebook. Hit us up on all our platforms at yeah. Break the Bell Pod because, um, I mean— we could talk about this forever. Yeah. And you guys look into it and let us know what you think. Yeah, don't so. take our word for anything. Like we said, we yeah. don't know really anything. We just regurgitate some of the stuff we hear. We pull in different sources. Right. We we don't base it, anything off one source. We pull in right. a bunch of stuff from different sources, and we form our own thoughts, which is right. what humans are supposed to do. That's why God gave you a brain. So... Think for yourself, figure the shit out on your own, and let us know your opinions. If you disagree with us, let us know. That's yeah, fine. Absolutely. I'll I'll talk, I'll hear anything out. Absolutely. But I think we're gonna let you go for this week. Um we'll get you back on next week. I got some stuff I'm really trying to work out. Some okay. but I'm gonna keep it a surprise in case it doesn't work out. But okay. we might have some interesting stuff in the next couple of weeks. So otherwise, we'll just see you same time next week. Have a freaking great week. Keep talking, Bell Breakers. Thank you.